going on, everybody? Welcome back to another exciting episode of The Vile Files. It's a hybrid episode today. We, uh, you got your reality recap, obviously, because, you know, it's reality recap day. But it's also a going deeper day because the one and only Kylie Russell is with us to share her story about, unfortunately, being cheated on by her former boyfriend, almost fiancé, in paradise, Avon. And we've been working so hard here at the Vile Files household trying to get ready for uh, our, our little baby showing up, which, not to give you any dates, but is around the corner. Truly. That uh, story I posted yesterday when we were at Louis Vuitton, mm-hmm. out of control. What do you mean? Oh, my God. What does that mean? Everyone looked at it. Everyone is. Oh, everyone's just waiting for everyone us to have a baby. It. Yeah, it was wild. Like, oh, okay. numbers well, are through the roof. People are paying yet. attention, baby. She's, um, she's staying strong in there. So we we just been working so hard in the beginning of 2024 because we're just, we, we want to keep delivering quality, amazing content to you guys, all while preparing for, you know, she's like the, the baby of the household, you know? I don't know. She would be considered Truly. the baby of the household, yeah. yeah. She's going to be baby. the youngest one now. Yeah. Stealing my crown. But our hard work has paid off so much that we have almost an abundance of interviews to give you all. And we're just trying to figure out when it makes the most sense. So it made the most sense to share Kylie's story uh, about being cheated on uh, by Avon today, which is also Happy Bachelor uh, premiere. So uh, obviously we'll get into a little Bachelor. We got some uh, traders to talk about. Uh, I think it might be my my and Natalie's new favorite show. I'm super into it. We got Beverly Hills Housewives to get into. Homeless or Toothless? I don't know. I'm confused. As well as, I think we're going to kick it off with Salt Lake City because Leia, Leia's with us, member of the household, one newer member of the household. Also a uh, producer of Disrespectfully. Yep. She has to leave momentarily to go uh, produce a new episode of Disrespectfully with uh, Katie and Dana. Which drops on Wednesdays, by the way. Be sure to check that out. Tune in. Yeah. Housekeeping notes. We also have this Thursday, Taylor Green from Southern Charm to go over everything that happened on her season of Southern Charm, all the drama that she's been involved in, whether it's Olivia, Shep. Austin. Austin, JT, all the above. She was in drama, involved in drama for everyone. And then next week, Tuesday, is going to be another RR Going Deeper hybrid. It's our 700th episode whoa crazy and it's the toms as it i never be. would have thought our 700 episode would uh have tom sandoval and tom schwartz uh as our guest but here we are it just kind of landed that way it's also going to be the premiere of vanderpump season 11 all i can say about the tom episode is you won't want to miss it yeah yeah no you won't you won't want to miss it and i don't even know how i feel about it being our 700 episode because it's i don't even know how to explain it I just don't know how. You'll just it was one of watch. the most memorable. I'll say Truly that. Truly one of the most memorable. Anyway, let's, uh, let's dive right in. Salt Lake City, much better than episode one. Much better. Mary Mayard and parents, which really makes all the difference. Yeah. She just says anything. She's unfiltered. Yeah. She's truly unfiltered. And in her own world, you can't, it's, you never really know what she's going to say or what she's going to, who she's going to talk about. She almost speaks without listening. And I think a good example no, is like when, Andy asked her like a question about like, did you help the season out or whatever? And then Angie was like, I think she helped out. And then Mary goes, why are you talking? This is your first season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so... then Andy was like, that was a compliment. She's yeah. Like, oh, she's like, oh my God, thank you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She wasn't, she's so on the defense. Yeah. yeah. 
it's weird because like Mary has this whole thing. It's like, I'll say something to your face. And I almost kind of understand Mary in a sense, because what, she, what Mary really doesn't want is to go on Twitter and read someone saying something about her because that feels like it's behind your back rather than your, into your face. Well, where Mary won't, I mean, you know, she also will tweet things. She, she did tweet that she thought Whitney was a racist. That was aggressive. Right. Yeah. And then said it again on this episode. So. And also then Whitney was like, well, do you have like specific, was there something I said or something I did? And she was like, no, just you are. You just are. You just are racist. It's in her gut, she thinks. Yeah. Yeah. She's always just hated Whitney though. Like she has a little line where she calls Whitney the little girl. And like (laughs) they they repeat it all the time. But But why is she team Monica? I just think Mary's anti the other women. That's yeah. I, yeah. I think it's because previous seasons, she's like, I care less about who they are. I'm going to be anti everybody. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like and, friends with your enemies. Fr- that's what it enemy. is. Yeah. yeah. And I'm confused too. Like, what is Mary's church? It's she's not part of the Mormon religion, right? It's her own she's religion. A, she's a branch of a very staunch, like, form of religion, but it's her own breed, I guess is a way to say it. Okay. She has her own practice chapter. And she's really upset with Heather for making fun of her Dr. Seuss chairs. But they, that is her the house. only way to describe them. And Did she you... thinks that that was worse than calling Heather inbred, which I mean. I, I think to Mary, it is. That's Mary's truly in her home world. It's like Mary answers the question like, well, your comment about my house hurt my feelings more than me calling you an inbred hurt my feelings so yeah it's worse. right it's, a, it's about her like it's about what her. yeah i mean did you think it was an insult what heather was saying about her house no, no. that's what i thought she I wasn't was trying like, to be mean i mean she was she, she said mary's house is exactly how you would expect mary's house to be yeah. that's character yeah. and then mary took that as an insult for some reason and hates heather now and then well, mary's very obviously sensitive yeah about what people say about her. I think you were right. She's just always on the defense. Like she came on the show and was like immediately defensive. Everybody was complimenting her and how she's the comedic relief of the show. And they missed having her. And she was like, well, I hate all of you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And she was, and she was, she looked noticeably nervous uh, up there. Like she was, Almost a little, mm-hmm. she, like she looked like her hands were shaking a little bit. Well, the moment that like it kind of switched was when they played that voice recording of what Monica said about her. Oh, she's a dumb bitch. And then she was like, oh my God, I came, you could see on her face, I came at this all wrong. Like, Yeah. Do we have empathy for Monica after learning more and more about her mom, about her mom, that whole uh, like, if it's not you, let it be me being I just, on Housewives. I, be- I believe all of it because obviously we've watched her mother act like uh, an insane person. But I find it hard to believe anything Monica says. I feel like she will exaggerate and she will. She really wants the like sympathy and attention. And I think she'll kind of add flavor to any story to kind of get the extra like. Yeah, it's oh. hard to disagree with that. But I do like also... Uh, her mom sucks so like i I, I don't put a pastor and it's tough because like my big thing with monica and i would say the same thing about rachel slash raquel it's not what she did it's always how she handles what she did or the response to what she did it's always her leaning in or doubling down i mean she is her mother's daughter there's no that's the the hard part it's like you have empathy for them because maybe who their parents were but at some point as an adult you either have to like look in the mirror and say, I don't want to be my mom or I don't want to be my dad or whoever is that person. Or you just live in denial. 
use that as a way to victimize yourself and then, but nevertheless, not actually do something about who you've become and then pass on that toxic behavior to your kids or the people around you, all while victimizing yourself. Because right. like, in uh, Monica's mom's mind, she's she's the victim. Right. You know? Like there's no accountability. And then it just keeps getting passed down. Like, well, it's because of my mom and how I was raised. I think in Monica's defense, she hasn't had a chance to like deal with what she's done. What do you mean? So like you were saying that like she's similar to Raquel because she's not facing what she's done. But I feel like she hasn't had that chance on the show. Monica. Monica. Like to tell her side? Yeah. What do you... I forget about the show. Look at everything she's doing outside of the show on True. social media. Her posts now. She she compared herself to Kobe Bryant over the weekend. Like Kobe Bryant had this like iconic quote saying like you hate me for this, you hate me for that, but like you keep coming back and keep watching me cuz like you know, he's such a grinder Kobe Bryant, you know, RIP. And she like stole the quote from him and then, you know, kind of used it as like a outline for her quote. And again, like, so she's doubling, tripling down. She's not showing any remorse. She's just like, yeah, I fucking did this. I got, I am a fan. I got my way on the show. And what about it? You know? And so it's, it is just hard to, unless you're, unless you relate to Monica, it is hard to empathize with her. And I don't mean relate to Monica on a, Every once in a while, have you ever felt like an outsider in a group? I mean, like, have you made your own bed, shit in it, and still try to make excuses for your behavior? I did feel bad for her, though, when they were going, like, when it was just the whole montage of what she's gone through with her mom, I did feel bad for her. Yeah, I, yeah. you can have, I think people have a hard time having empathy for people, all while still saying they're wrong and they need to do something yeah. about their situation for me to trust them or want to be around them or feel safe around them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can have empathy for Monica and still say that is not someone I want in my circle. Like that is not yeah. someone that I feel safe around or would trust. But like I have empathy for, for what she's gone through or her childhood. But again, like at some point you just have to, you can't keep making an excuse and you can't keep being the victim all while you're victimizing other people because of your trauma. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. Well, karma was her falling down the stairs. Oh my God. True. Yeah, which was hilarious. <laughs> Do you think she's going to be back on? I mean, everything I'm reading, Salt Lake City, is just, the, you know, I, apparently like the mainstays have threatened not to come back if Monica comes back, but it seems unclear whether Monica's back or not. I'm not a Monica stan, but I think she's coming back. <sighs> Babe? It's like I, I want her to come back because obviously the show was so good because of her and I would love another like great season. I don't really know where else they would go from here. True. Because they even burned a bridge between her and Mary. I don't think she burned the bridge. You think Mary's still team Yeah, Mary. Well, I mean, I keep telling you that Mary, Meredith and Whitney all follow her like after the reunion. They so I think she has alliances with like the most powerful of the group. Arguably, I don't some sense. feel like that ended really. You think the isn't Lisa the most powerful? Of the she group? is, yeah. That's what I said <laughs> some <laughs> or one of. Because I'm not a big fan of Lisa the character. I don't know as a person, but like, boy, she always comes hard to the paint. Mm -hmm. Like she is, she is a quick with. She's, she's hard to argue with. Yeah, she brings it. I don't know. I'm ready for the next episode. I need to get into the reality vontis of it all. I need to this so, other dramas. I'm over it. The burn book. The burn book, yeah. The burn book. Well, we'll What's be talking a lot book? about it next week. Yeah. Yes, we will. Got some guests we can't even tell you about yet. But we'll definitely, but we'll be, be talking definitely about talking it. about it. Yeah, that'd sure. be great. Yeah. Um, 
All right, Leia, get out of here. Yeah, I gotta go. She has but... to go produce disrespectfully. Traitors. Traitors. All right, traitors. We're uh, covering episode four. So if you haven't watched Traitors yet, this 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 is not spoiler free up until episode four. So there you go. And by the way, it's on Peacock. Have you guys watched it all? I was gonna say I'm not fully caught up, but I've seen the clip of Phaedra coming after the other killers and being like, "What you did was dirty." Oh yeah, and I think that's insane. I really feel like they've been promoing it heaven like heavily on all the other shows I've been watching. And Alan Cumming not only carries the promos, but I think the entire show. I don't. I don't think he carries the entire show. He's definitely. No. He is definitely a big part of it. He's very theatrical and dramatic, well and the spoken. stuff he says, you like want to cringe at, but you're like, but it's kind of good. When he comes on, you pay attention. I will say that he is definitely some. He's captivating, and he, yeah. yeah, it's so over the top and theatrical. Well, that's what I love about the show. It's like it's it's like a, a simulation of what it would be like to be on Hunger Games. They lean in so much to like the murder of it all. It would be the closest thing to what it would be like to be in a Hunger Games type style. Even like Hunger Games, how like they have all these elaborate costumes and their, you know, the makeup is over the top. Like with traders, I I am wondering, I want to find out from cast, like, you know, how like Bachelor you know, unless you're the, the lead, you you pay for your own wardrobe, you bring your dresses or suits or things like that. Most reality TV shows are like that. But when they had the funeral procession, their outfits are elaborate, all of them. I wonder if there's just like a rack of clothes in each of their rooms. Maybe. And they just they, have just like fabulous. Because it seemed more high end. Like even Peter like had a really nice like black coat. And I'm not saying Peter couldn't style himself like that, but they, there was there seemed to be like a through line of a, it's very specific, like, uh, style. And I, I wonder, because they make so much of, like, Alan Cumming outfits and the outfits of it all, if there is a bit of a, a wardrobe budget for them. I don't know. For people who don't know what Traders is, if you haven't gotten on the train of watching Traders, it's this, like, the audience knows everything before any of the other... Either the faithful or the... The, yeah, there's faithful and there's traitors. Yeah. And the faithfuls are trying to figure out who the traitors are before, before they, they get, get, get murdered. Killed. Yeah. <laughs> and then they have a chance to out them, but they have to, they might kill one of their own by trying to kill a traitor. Right. And that happens potentially every time. Every, every time so far. They haven't figured it out quite But yet. it would be like if you got thrown into this bubble where your life was literally on the line and the only way to survive would be try to like, strategize or manipulate your fellow castmates because at the end of the day even if you have alliances everyone dies and what's so fascinating about the show because you know you have your big brother people you have your survivor people and so they have these like clicks and then you have your housewives so the housewives are now like mm -hmm. a click and then you have like the gamer click so if you were on survivor or big brother they the challenge have, like challenge like any type of show that is already strategic in nature that's why I think like b Bachelor people always A, do well and B, get forgotten about because I think the few people who aren't part of the Bachelor franchise take for granted just how psychologically fucked up it can be, but they're not considered like gaming type strategy type shows. And so I think they're often overlooked amongst the peers. Like the housewives are always a threat because they have a handful of housewives and they get accused of being performative. Like the crossover is so fun for all these different franchises to see how they all interact. And to, to have Peacock call out the housewives for being theatrical and performative was kind of one of my favorite moments. Yeah, Parvati was like, y'all have a script. And yeah. Phaedra's like, honey, we do not have no script. We live our lives. Yeah. 
So it was like you could tell all the housewives did not like being outed by the rest of the castmates. Mm-hmm. Was it was kind of wild. Yeah. So and then you have your bachelor people. Well, actually, it's just Peter is the is alone. I'm surprised they don't have more bachelor people. I wonder. Like I know they asked if I was available right after Special Forces. I, I wasn't, but I can't be the Peter can't be the only bachelor person that they asked. And there's plenty of like notable franchise people that I would think they may would have asked more than one. But anyways, it would be cool in the future, future time, seasons yeah. to maybe have multiple people because it is cool to see, you know, they have the challenge people. It's wild. So, but it's just the psychology of the show. It's crazy because think about it. Like, this is how these people would act if their lives were literally on the line, which is kind of fascinating. I'm interested to see how they, because I guess Dan and Parvati and Phaedra are the three traders currently. Mm-hmm. And Dan went to what, Parvati what? and was like, Maybe we just throw them a little bone and like yeah. let them know Phaedra like could be a traitor. And it's like, oh, so they can like team up against the own traitors mm-hmm. and get. So is there I don't I, is there one traitor left? Is that kind uh, of my how first they... time watching? I, so I didn't see season one. So I'm like, as we watch through season two, I'm still kind of learning. It's fun the to, rules. Yeah, it's yeah. fun to learn. the learn. I just want to say this about Phaedra. And I, this, I say this about everyone. If you say to someone, no one likes you or everyone hates you in this particular group, that is such a bully thing to say. I, I, I fucking hate it when people say that to like, I guess to bully someone, but to try to, to, when they're mad at someone and they're trying to like put them in their place and someone says, as Phaedra said to Parvati, no one likes you here. That is such a cruel thing to say to someone. Everyone thinks you're a traitor. I, you're like, you out yourself as a bully when you say shit like that. It, it, it is such a trigger for me. I just think it's such a low thing to say to someone, even if you're right. Even if you're in a group of eight and all other six people besides you don't like that person, that still doesn't mean everyone hates you. And it's such a horrible thing to say to someone. Imagine how that makes someone feel like and maybe maybe no one in the group really likes Parvati. You know, maybe she's not their cup of tea, but like doesn't mean everyone hates her. It's such a cruel thing to say. Mm. I kind of hate it. But uh, we'll see who they murder. We'll see who they murder at the end. Uh, it was kind of fun seeing the whole like because like the last time they murdered a faithful was through poisoning someone. So they had to do it in front of everyone else, which all the other faithful think there's some strategy behind why the traders did what they did. But in reality, it was because all the traders were trying to do is not get caught all while killing someone. And that really confused all the other faithfuls as to why they did what they did. And it's really kind of fun to see everyone panic. But I'm really I'm curious how, who they're going to kill. Me too. Uh, it's a great show. You guys got to start watching it. It's on Peacock. Uh, be sure to check it out because we'll be talking about it a little each and every reality recap. Do we want to do Bachelor or uh, Housewives? I think we go Housewives and then finish up with uh, a little bit of Bachelor. Yeah. Is it homeless, not toothless? Or is it homeless and toothless? Like, oh. who are we? It's homeless, not toothless. Okay. But and what is, is it about? This is a two season long debate just because... It's a good foundation, but the name is a little bit like crooked. So essentially, it's like this dentist who does dental work on homeless. So they're okay. homeless, not okay, toothless. Nice. That being said, you would think that they wouldn't, they'd be not homeless, also not toothless. Wouldn't it be homeless and toothless since they need dental work? Or they're not No, because the goal is that them. they will, they might still be homeless, but at least they won't be toothless. But that's basically saying we don't care if they're homeless, but we absolutely do not want them to be toothless. But That's we do the want them to be able to eat a steak. <laughs> it's well, a weird which thing. Is, yeah. And did Dorit come up with this? Is this all? Is this Dorit's? No, it's she's partnered with the dentist. I think the dentist came up with it. 
Okay, the dentist came up yeah. with it. But then it's funny because they call back to Kathy last season when she was like, I've worked at the homeless and the toothless. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody was like, what? Okay. No, and like, when, is that the scene where Dorit tells her the title and then Kathy goes, oh, that's fantastic or yeah. something crazy where it was just totally she goes, random. The what? The what? Oh, that that's great. Yeah. yeah. Charities in LA are such a, a thing. It's so, we've been to a part of them. We've actually literally have been to a couple foundations that same hotel, same ballroom. It's always great because they usually are for great causes, but at the same time, they're really just events that rich people create so they can dress up and be seen and feel and write off some tax and write off some money. yeah, honestly, some tax money. <laughs> I mean, they make a lot of money for the foundations, right? So. Uh, yeah, allegedly, yeah. I hope so. Yeah, Me but um, the fight between Anne Marie and Sutton. Crystal calling her Crystal, a bitch. Yeah. I mean, it was like, that was a pretty good housewives. Where do you stand in this, babe? Because you're someone who is a surgical technologist. You're in the medical field. It required uh, years of education. You know a lot about uh, the medical industry. You work with doctors and physicians. But I've never known you to be one of those people who like won't shut up about the fact that they're in the medical industry. We're, you know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of people yeah. who... Are surgical techs or even some nurses or and and the and these are I don't know anything about the medical field. So like props to all of you people who are doing the Lord's work. But Anne Marie is like that annoying person where it's just like every opportunity she gets to let someone know that she is smarter than them or more educated in a certain field, she's so fucking obnoxious about it. How do you feel about that as someone who you know you know what I'm saying though? Like because you never do that, but like yeah, I mean, I think Anne-Marie is really just, yeah, I think she's trying to show the women that she might be smarter than them and that she, like, actually has a career and she's not just a housewife. She, you know, went to medical school and she did all this but stuff. But she didn't go to medical school. She says she did. Well, the who did I sent this in the group chat. But... Yeah, so the ASA, the American Society of Anesthesiologists, all they did was they basically humbled her. They were like, the real housewives know a fake. Anesthesiologists are medical doctors. Title misappropriation has no place in healthcare. Ooh, child. So she has like education in the medical field, but she's yeah. not a doctor, but she's going around saying she is a doctor. She is saying she she's is. a doctor. Or she initially said, I'm a doctor to Crystal. And then she came back and said, like, she's she played semantics. Yeah, she's definitely not a doctor. She. Let me just say, as someone who dated an anesthesiologist, he had to do four years of med school, and then he had to do a four-year anesthesiology residency after that. Yeah. She's a CRNA, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she's a certified registered nurse anesthetist. She can do a lot of things that many anesthesiologists can do. That's close. Not yeah. bad. That's not bad. Oh uh, but she is, in fact, not a doctor, and she has a fraction of the education that anesthesiologists have. And then yeah. she she clapped back at Crystal, which I think was like a low move. Because then, then she goes, "Well, you wanted to be a doctor and you're not." <gasps> Did no. Did it's kind that of a bad rough. episode for Anne Marie because it was that she gets outed, and then her husband Marcellus Marcellus, who's being accused of some horrific things, he had a really awkward episode because he came to the gala homeless, not toothless, as well. Um, so that was and kind it was of an like awkward as, moment. and it was also like as soon as Anne Marie realized there was going to be like some sort of talk some sort of confrontation she immediately like told her husband to leave it was like you can't be a part of this you can't watch this or listen to this it's like it's kind of smart though i don't just... know i'd kind of i'd kind of want nick to like if i'm about to throw down with a bitch like 
Nick can be right there. You know what I'm saying? I don't need to shoot him Why off to the bar. I think probably because she knew she was going to say some stuff about her career that maybe wasn't a hundred percent true. And she didn't want a weird look and by she her. Didn't like want her being like, I don't know, babe. Or not. Like, huh? Maybe. But why would she be that dumb for someone who's trying to sound that smart? I don't know. She but knows it, the show fact checks. It is definitely weird. I am on Sutton's side of this of like, why is she so fucking worried about my esophagus? Like, move on, babe. Who cares? No, ma'am. No, like, it's just it is a weird thing. Also, I think Crystal being like, I Googled it. It says genetics. Like, there's a lot of things about a small esophagus. So, like, I don't really know what Anne Marie's issue is. And then they showed the timetable of her actually talking about it for two hours at the that part's event. Insane. That was yeah. rough. She's committed to the bit of She's the committed. esophagus, which is like embarrassing. She is committed. Anne Marie. Yes. Yeah, it's just, it's a weird thing to lean into. I think she's only leaning into it to just like... Storyline? For No, for her to just be like, well, I am a nurse anesthetist, so like, I'm smarter than all of you and like, this is what I know. I, I mean... I have someone who's in, in, in somewhere in my family. Some people are like that, you know? I, I knew someone who, like, sold alcohol for a couple of years, and they refer to themselves as sommelier. And then the, another person who, like, worked in a lab for a couple of years because they were a biology major and refer to themselves as a scientist. Like, uh, there's some people who, are, who do shit like that. Some people that do. Some people are really, like, some people in the medical field are really weird about your terminology and what you say or what you do they're very like strict about it i remember when i first put certified surgical technologist in my instagram bio the only like really medical thing that was the emoji i could use was a stethoscope and they're like surgical technologists don't use stethoscopes you bitch you liar. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. it's literally like the only emoji yeah. I could find. <laughs> like, oh my God. Sorry. You're like, what am I supposed to put there? Like a syringe with like. <laughs> I mean, I guess. don't do that like, either. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, guess I could put a hospital. Like, you work at a private practice. So I just like, you can never win with some but of that these to people. Me, but that says way more about those people than anything else. It's just like, okay, great. Congratulations. You have a great job. You had to get a, a, an education for it. You are smart. Mm -hmm. But I don't give a fuck. I don't care. <laughs> Like, whatever, <laughs> you know, Anyways. I, Anne Marie is kind of, yeah, I, for, I forgot that she was a housewife this season that's, until yeah. she, that's the sad part. She's a full-time housewife. That's crazy. But man. her only storyline is the esophagus. And, and it's it, like, and she looks like a fool. And then she's got this, you know, the, the shit going on with her husband, which again, I think that's some really disgusting I think that's, allegations. I think that's why it's cut a lot. Yeah, her, oh, that might be it, her, yeah. her family life, her home life, her scenes. I think a lot of them are cut because of the allegations against her husband. Not super into family time at uh, Crystal and Garcelle's house. No, me either. I, I mean, this. I check out. That's when I get on my phone. The only family time I'm into is Kyle and, and Mauricio. And Dorit's, yeah. Dorit's is a little chaotic. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sutton doesn't really have a family life. Poor thing, but... <laughs> she just has an empty fridge. And her assistant that she is, like, weirdly uh, very aggressive with. Sutton's mean. I like her. Yeah, no. I'm... She's she's just, she's on edge this season, that's for sure. She is very much on edge. Yeah. Why do we think yeah. that is? Stay tuned, I don't know. <laughs> T. Um, Bachelor? Bachelor. Well, Joey's season is finally upon us i will say i really really love the intro same 
Uh, we got a little Billie Eilish. They really put some money and they invested. You don't you don't get to play Billie Eilish on ABC Disney without paying some big bucks. You usually get that generic soundtrack, but that really set the mood. Their music in general was stepping it up because when he was meeting all the women and they were talking about New Orleans, there was like some instrumental music going on, and it was literally like an instrumental version of when the Saints come like marching in. Yeah, but that's like just they gen- really that's just generic. Shit. But I do think they are taking. Whoever I I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's like kind of a whole new group of producers for this season. Uh, kind of. There, there's one. There's three main showrunners now. One of them has been there since I've been there. Yeah, and then there's so think, two newish ones. So I think that these, were a part of last season. So. I think these two newish ones are like, you know what? Now we're comfortable. Now let's show you some like creativity that we can bring to the show. Okay, yeah. And I think that they're they're stuff. I do the game think they seem to be. Le- you can tell when they have a lead that they think is more marketable than others. Oh, for sure. Hello, because <laughs> they clearly are like they're marketing Joey a lot better and differently than they marketed Zach. I mean, it's the like well, Hannah Brown to Katie Thurston, like a little. <laughs> teaser i watch a lot of hallmark um and they had like a teaser for his season as if it was a hallmark movie and it's like this tennis pro is looking for love like blah 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 blah. and then it's like follow his journey and the 32 women he's dating like they have their own kind of like spoof of it that's cute i think that yeah i do think they are really rooting on the success of golden bachelor and hoping that a lot of people will stick around and so they're really making Joey season as good as I'm they can. really curious what the uh, the numbers, the ratings will be for the premiere of Joey season. Really, yeah. really curious. I will say this is my bachelor, Terry. <gasps> How'd it yeah. feel? I've seen like different episodes here and there, but I've never like seen a full season. And I didn't realize it was so cinematic in the sense of like the opening itself. I was like, OT. Like he's crying. Why is he crying? Yeah. Okay. Well, they will find out. So every, you know, so basically this season, they seem to be wanting to us to question whether he is in fact an engaged man or in love. They seem to be setting it up as he might leave alone, which mm. it really just depends. Like in my particular season, I wasn't allowed to say that I was happily engaged. My big storyline was, you know, fourth time's a charm. Is he actually going to fucking fucking do it? Joey's, I mean, he doesn't like have that much of a storyline in terms of, so it's an interesting decision as to why they want us questioning whether he leaves alone. Well, because Charity didn't choose him last. Sure. But that happens on, yeah. every, yeah, that's. So he's like the underdog is what they're trying to. I guess. And like the scene that they aired could easily just be from him sending home his runner up, which is super sad. Usually, like even if you like knew you weren't going to pick him, it's just heartbreaking. That person, like, you know, like the runner up has to go through something that no one else Mm -hmm. has to go through that, like going all the way to the last day only to not be picked to make someone have to even for 24 hours think am i gonna get engaged this person only to not which ends up being a great thing but in the moment can feel very humiliating and and it's it's a heavy heavy moment so there's a good chance that everything we saw in the premiere was just that you know him like walking off the stage of the, of the altar rather because there's always a good at least should be more, but there's like an hour between when you break up with their your runner up until you get until you get engaged. They'll leave. You'll decompress. You'll go do your ITM to talk about it and try to get it in real time. And then you might have like 25, 30 minutes for your person to come out. So him like leaving the altar isn't necessarily him leaving. Mm. 
You know, it was just like, oh, I just broke up with my runoff. That's my guess. He just had to pee. Yeah, he probably just had to pee. So, <laughs> who is your favorite entrance? I can tell you my least favorite. Yeah, and it was let's go with our least <laughs> it was the sex noises, but tennis grunts, the banana, the choose your banana like size of his tacky, dick. Like, tacky, what yeah. are we doing? What did we think about that? And because also, Joey really went modest. He he, he went he went he looked he, awkward though. He, he went like, like uh, four or five inch banana. What would you have done? Would you have been like, yeah, I got a big old dick and grab the biggest one? You would have. Would you want to put two together or something? Like, what would you? You know, it like how more, do you? It was more. How do you confidently say like, no, I've no, actually got a big dick? No, that's the thing. You're totally fucked in that department because either you are boasting or you know they really set it up Joey for failure because like what is he supposed? You're you're absolutely right. I think he should have grabbed the smallest one. He like the one like, that was like he this didn't. Big. He didn't even like. He was so earnest about it. He's like, uh, we'll just go with this one. You know, he didn't like try to like joke around, joke around and confuse the audience. It almost he was like, uh, okay, yeah, I guess I'm. um, I'm He's like, actually, can I take this back? I'm just going to measure some things real quick. I just want to be honest with you. (laughs) What if he grabbed the biggest one and then took like a bite out of it (laughs) and and been like, here. Yeah, this is something Honestly, more like up, this. Yeah. Missed opportunity. Our, just... our intros usually like that cheesy. Our like, yeah. entrances. Yeah, yeah. 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 They're really dumb. But like the giant bra, I'm with that you. Just, like, the moments from the limo, like, huh? the giant bra. I was like, I was glad that they kind of put those all together in a montage because I'm like, I just want it over and done with. Yeah. The I girl who focus. screamed at him, I would have been like, go home. Yeah. What did she Turn say? Around. Do you want to hear something surprising or something? And he's like, yeah, sure. And he's like, ah! was, was she, was, you know what that was probably? That was a, a Bachelor producer who's a big fan of Dumb and Dumber. You think? There's a scene in Dumb and Dumber where they're like, do you want to hear the most obnoxious sound in the world? And then Jim Carrey starts screaming. It just sounded a lot like that. I can only imagine. That's, it was almost identical to that scene. And usually the Bachelor producers are just like throwing out random ideas. Yeah. Are, are we not allowed to show the Canadian flag? Why did we have to blur it? I noticed that too. I guess. Well, that doesn't make sense because in other seasons, they've had plenty of Canadians on this show. They've made... Like Daniel from Paradise, when I was on, he had the Canadian underwear. I don't remember them. There's a couple of them from Ontario, too. I don't remember them um, blocking it out in previous seasons. It's a good point. But yeah, they have a couple. Uh, couple and then the girl who brought them, like, saved the date to their wedding. Like, there was just a lot of, like, really forward, kind of s- s- scary. They were in love before they even showed up. Well, it's just like some of them. And who was it who said this? It was the one who uh, Jess interrupted. The blonde. Oh, I have that. Um, I think it was Taylor. Taylor, yeah. When Taylor was like, he is husband material. He is handsome and he is nice. It's like, and that's that's all husband material is. Yeah. Yeah, We don't want any other qualities. You always get a sense of the lowest of standards on, on every season of The Bachelor because they always talk about the bachelor as if they are god's gift to women and then they don't know this guy other than what they've seen on previous seasons so they always speak in these incredibly generic high level things that sound like they have the lowest of bars there was a lot of um which i'm curious to know your take on this and like if they would have done this to you how you would have felt but there was a lot of like, there's so many women here for you. And like, you're the man of the hour. And like, it's you're awkward. the one who you just would have felt awkward. Well, I mean, I, that, they do that. That's, they do that every season. And it's really uncomfortable and weird. And me being a more of a cynic than the average person. Like, yeah, it was just like, you don't know me. My, my, in, my, in my brain, I'm thinking it just, yeah, it puts you a little bit on guard. 
Yeah. Because if you're, you know, when Joey, I haven't met Joey, I haven't talked to him, don't know anything about him, seems like a nice guy. But I, I, I always say that the leads earnest, like they want to find someone. Like you don't sign up for this shit. You know, you have to be crazy if that's the only reason you're doing it. But if you are like, it's if you do say yes to being the bachelor, the bachelorette, you're thinking to yourself, well, I hope I actually meet someone. I hope I actually meet someone I like. So they have a lot on the line, the leads. And so they're they have a limited amount of time trying to meet these all these people. Joey now has 32 women, which is a disadvantage for him. Like it, it, they always position as like, oh, now you have 32 people to pick from. Yeah, it's like, it's like great that it's just more people I have to shift through because like Joey's attracted to like three or four of these women probably you know so it's just hard it's just more conversations he has to have so it's harder and harder and then when you and when you sit down and then you start meeting some of these girls who just start gassing you up and you're just like wait i don't why like why do you think that about me it, it sucks it, it's a it's a really uncomfortable feeling and and joey seems like a pretty like smart level-headed guy who i think yeah i think the for the average person who who has been out there and who has dated a lot of the, you know, a lot of the women sound insincere because they're just, they think that this is what they're supposed to say and things like that. That's why, um, girl from Minnesota who had the cochlear implant. Did Daisy. I say that right? The Daisy. Teacher. Yeah. Uh, Daisy. Like you could tell she's going to go far just about the way she talked to Joey, where she was just mm -hmm. like, I'm just rooting for you. I'm just here to support you when I can. You could tell when she sat down, she wasn't thinking about what she should say or some bachelor line. She she was able to have a conversation with him. I honestly thought she was going to get the first impression. Around. She told him to be kind to himself, which I think is such mm -hmm. an underrated thing to say to someone. Yeah. And like, we should say that more to people. But like her just being like, be kind to yourself. And I'm like always here rooting for you and cheering you on. Like, so kind, so sweet. Yeah, she's going to make it to the top six just because of that. I'm rooting for her. Yeah. I'm excited about this season, I think, more than anything. One, I think Joey's a good bachelor, and I feel like I'm rooting for him and actually find him attractive, which is huge. And two, I feel like after night one, the first impression rose could have gone to multiple people. And I also think we have already like multiple villains or really like outspoken, sassy, like somewhat negative people. So we really have a good balance. Who are your potential villains? Ugh, well, Jess, um, obviously. Maria. Wait. I wrote in the notes, Maria is my worst nightmare. I am somewhat scared that I am Maria when I drink too much. Why? <laughs> I like Lauren. her. Why? Why is she your worst nightmare? Like, just her sitting there with him, and she's like, you were kissing a lot. It's like, I didn't even want to kiss you. Like, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, ends up just kissing her. <laughs> I agree. Jess, I think, is also going to be an absolute fucking nightmare. Which one's Jess? She's oh my God, the one yes. who was like, he's a green flag, kissed him, and was like, oh, we got a little smoochy poo. Oh, her? She oh, called she everything a smoochy poo. She'll be gone week three. Yeah, well, maybe. I think she'll blow her wad pretty early. And I also think Lauren accepting the final rose and then walking over and be like, you're really going to do that to me? You give my sister the first one that I get the last one? Like, of course. She also told her, like, she told her sister, she said, not you getting the first rose. Fuck you. Oh, no, she wasn't fucking around, too. No, and yeah, her was sister like, oh. was like, oh, fuck. She was basically like, I will cut you, bitch. Yeah. Like, that's, sisters. that's just embarrassing now. That's sister. Like, if I was Joey, I don't think I'd give her the rose after that. But I love the fact that the sisters are competing. Because usually it's like, we love each other. And like it's one's, just like, whoever is whoever happy. Whoever is happy. No, want each I other love to, that. Yeah. Like, They're leaning in. It's like, yeah, I love you mm -hmm. and you're my best friend. But like, if you win over me, I will stab you in your sleep. I kind of yeah. love that for yeah. this season. So I'm, um, I'm rooting for some sister rivalry. I think Lexi is his 
I think Lexi's his top, his front runner. Oh, Lexi's top four for sure. We've known that. Like, it's just like analyzing it over the years. Like, whoever is the first one out of the limo. That's why I was surprised we had to wait a while to get their one-on-one interaction at the cocktail hour. But I'm like, yeah, she's going places. For sure. And she's yeah. like a golfer. And he was like, oh my God, that's so hot. Also, not her being like, I just want you to complete our foursome. And he was like, I like the sound of that. And I was like, <gasps> I love it. They did show a lot of Maria reaction shots. That tells me she might go far. Just because night one with 32 people, like who do they pan to? Just She's in a lot of the teaser as well. And yeah. then I think Leia getting the the date, the the envelope that says she could steal a one-on-one. That was, was her like, only move. Pretty, but also like what a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. To terrible have. thing. That's, Imagine. That's not a normal thing for Bachelor, right? It's the first no. time they've ever done it. So okay. I love the creativity, but it was almost too hard to the paint because that was her only move. What a nightmare position to be in. And forget about pissing off your peers in the house, right? Because if, they, if she would have kept that card, then the Bachelor producers would have made her play that card, so to speak. They wouldn't have had Joey ask her out on a one-on-one on her own. They'd been like, well, she's got a card. Let her use it. Mm-hmm. And then she has to figure out where should she use it? Oh, my God. And then, not, know what the worst part about that card is? It isn't having one of the women be mad at you. It is choosing the date that Joey potentially could have been really looking forward to Lexi or one of the other women where like as the bachelor, especially if you have a couple front runners, like, boy, when you have a chance to have a one-on-one with like one of your people, we're like, this is the day I actually get to know someone I'm potentially interested. That's a big, big, big day for the lead because a lot of it's just like getting through the days and have her play that card on one of the few women and gear i promise you that's what one of the fucking uh producers would do maybe maybe not because they do want the they do want the lead to fall in love so the lead is going to get time with the people they really want to get to know but to have that potentially play that card with someone where the lead just like mentally checked out and doesn't want to even hang out with you it would have been a nightmare an absolute nightmare so it was like literally the only thing she did, but I did. I was like, wait for that shopping date, girl. I was like, just wait yeah. until you think you're gonna get those Louis Vuittons, yeah, right? Because that's the only on <laughs> that's the only reason to do it, right? To know if you're gonna actually be able to get something in return. And I love that the they had to add the contingency on the card of up until hometowns. I'm like, can you imagine holding on to it and trying to get a hometown? Oh shit! Yikes. Yeah. But well, how would they? I wonder what they would have done. Like, let's say she got eliminated like week two and had the card. Does that mean, could she play that card? And save herself? Well, I have one more. I, I have this card to play. Can I get a, a last chance time with Joey? Screaming desperate. A little bit. Yeah. I enjoyed the dramatics of her throwing it in the fire, though. So dramatic. <laughs> she, she really leaned into the drama. What would you have done? Would you have felt for her or would you would have been over it? What do you mean? I mean, she I was can... Gar- she was trying to get sympathy from all the other women. Like, she, she, played, it, she played it well. Well, I think like her cry, I think all that was like genuine. I feel like I would probably be the same way of just like, what the fuck is this? Like, why was I handed this? And but and, and I think she was also smartly trying to like appease everyone. So she's like, I'm so grateful that I have this opportunity to like potentially get a one on one. But also I'm like the fact that this could like take time from other, you know, like she was definitely trying to be delicate about it. And yeah. I think she. Yeah, I said I would have ripped it up too. Like, well, because it up, thrown it away. what they will do after night one is the first day they go into the mansion, they'll all go sit down in their ITMs and they'll all be asked the same question. What do you think of her throwing it in the fire? Would you have done that? Would you have been ungrateful? Like, do you think she was ungrateful for doing that? They'll figure out like who has 
thoughts. If if anyone has a problem with her throwing into the fire, they'll they'll find out who that is and they'll try to make something. Jess already said that she wouldn't have thrown it in the fire. She did. She yeah. made that very known. Yeah, she was like, I would have taken it. Like, we know. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. Uh, and not her trying to interrupt and getting a second time when there's 32 women. There was a point, like, so my season had 30 women, which is a lot. And it, when you have that many, like, I don't know, five, six, seven, up to 10 people get no time with you. And it's already a long fucking night. But there was a point in the first night and it's all very police, right? Because it would be so chaotic. Like everyone, you're, you're waiting for your turn. There, it is a bit organized and they'll be like, all right, you go in, you go interrupt now. All right. Things like that. But there was a point where they just told the women free for all. And I had, lit- it was literally like people coming up to me grabbing me i had like six seconds here someone else would grab me two women grabbed me at the same time i was literally getting pulled in multiple directions because they said go ahead like no rules for like five minutes and it was like this chaotic moment where i was literally being grabbed in multiple directions it was an absolute nightmare so i wonder if they actually did that with joey at some point they didn't really even share air that but well and what did you think of her she tried to turn to taylor when they did finally swap and she was like I'm not trying to be that girl. And then Taylor kind of gave her the cold shoulder. I'm like, I don't know if Taylor needs to like validate your choices when yeah. her time was cut short. It also like you were being weird. You were like standing there so close by. It's like she kind of has to. Do you? Or could you be like, well, that's that's the thing. She, they, like she stayed. She stayed in frame. Well, here's the thing. She clearly was given the opportunity to talk to Joey again. You know what I'm saying? Like the who was the woman who was crying at the rose ceremony who had no time? Evelyn. Evelyn, yeah. Yeah. So like she probably tried to talk to Joey multiple times and was probably said, We'll get to you, we'll get to you. Not yet, we'll get to you. Like, oh, it's just a crazy night. We'll get oh, Joey's in an ITM, we'll get to you, we'll get to you. And it just never happened because it just that's just how it works, right? And most of the time they will keep people who don't get a shot. Like when I was a bachelor. All the women I didn't get to talk to, I was immediately like, they, they're all, I'm keeping them all because I'm not going to send home any women I didn't get to talk to, you know, but you don't know that, right? When if you're one of the women, but so J- Jess, she was gi- like, d- she was given the opportunity. They definitely said to her, do you want to talk to Joey again? Do you want to like, y- that, that was cut short. Do you want another chance at Joey? So she was like, yeah, of course. So they're like, okay, well then you have to go interrupt her. But also you did anything, did anything even come out of her talking to Joey? Like, did they no. talk? Did they kiss? Did anything happen? Or was she just like, I just, been, I just wanted to come yeah. talk to you more. So when she, but my, my, I agree with you. My point was she could have said no. She could have been like, no, I had my chance. I got to kiss him. I don't really want to, like, I don't want to be that girl. But she literally said, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. So for her saying, I don't want to be that girl to whoever she interrupted, was bullshit because she literally said yes to being that girl when given the opportunity and just blamed it on the producers for giving her the opportunity. But plenty of other people in that position would have said, nah, like I had my shot. Like there's a lot of other great women here who haven't talked to her. I'm going to chill. But Jess is clearly not there to make friends. There's always one of them or two of them. Oh, there's yeah. really more than one. Anyway, that's about it for a bachelor. I mean, you know, I really am curious how, how well it performs. I mean, not really much happened. I do have a quick question. Is it normal for The Bachelor to kiss so many women on one night? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Usually they kiss. It's it's anytime there's an awkward pause, they go in for a kiss. Okay. If they don't know what to say, they go in for a kiss. It's usually not the lead trying to kiss. Although he he clearly wanted to kiss sister number two. Lauren or Allison? Because it's so alarming. Allison. He did not want to kiss Lauren and he definitely wanted to kiss Allison. Yeah. So... 
probably watching it back, it was even more obvious. Yeah. She's like, I, you know, I'm like, I can't wait to you well, make out just, with me. And he was like, cool. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. the awkward part. Yeah. Yeah. It's just because they made it such a thing of her being like, I'm the older sister. I have to get the kiss first. I have to get the rose first. So then, of course, they're going to like make yeah. Allison get the kiss first. Let Allison get the rose first. Yeah. They're, uh, he Obviously. definitely seen. I think. Uh, what's the younger sister's name? Allison. Allison. And Allison. Then the older sister is Lauren. 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 Yeah, Allison's gonna go farther than Lauren, but Lauren will probably stick around for comic relief for a while because she is definitely willing to. She's good in the interviews. So we have Lexi, top Daisy. four. Daisy. Yeah, for sure. I think Autumn Jen. is a, oh, is, Autumn, a top, yeah. is a contender. Autumn. And then I think she uh, had Jen. the red sparkly dress, like a little Autumn's heavier makeup, blonde. Autumn's top six. And I think Jen. Yeah, with the go-karts. Mm-hmm. He really liked her. Who's the one with the doll that gave him the doll? From He um, really New liked Orleans. her. Yeah, from New Orleans. Thank you, babe. I think she goes far. Anyways. Anyway. Um, Kylie. Yeah. We'll see how the, the rest of the season goes. All right. Well, it's time for Kylie. Um, hold on to your butts. I know you hate when I say that. But we do appreciate Kylie giving us the opportunity to share her story. Obviously, it is one that is a sad, sad story, uh, especially if you're rooting for her and Avon. But we do appreciate Kylie coming in and being so vulnerable with her story and sharing it with us. Again, we are back on Thursday with uh, Taylor Green from Southern Charm. And then next week, episode number 700 with Tom and Tom from Vanderpump Rules. And then on Thursdays, going deeper, a very special surprise it's a surprise for episode 701 can't tell you yet because we want to make sure they show up (laughs) all right well kylie everybody brooklinen our favorite betting company in the world we are covered in brooklinen from head to toe at the vile files household whether it's luxury sheets or down comforters, bedding, towels, robes, hand towels, and so much more, Brooke Linen is the company you need to get all your bedding from. Starting the year off on the right foot will set the tone for the rest of 2024, which is why you should make that bedding swap you've been eyeing. Brooklyn and bedding bundles are customizable with high quality sheets, comforters, and more to make any room feel new for 2024. Our favorite are the Lux Sateen. The flannel is also great for winter. It is so cozy, comfortable. I'm a huge fan of their robes. We uh, have uh, two different styles. We got the uh, the waffle and then your kind of regular plush, plush, very kind of co- you know fluffy type of towel. Great for a hot tubbing or really just lounging around in. It doesn't matter what Brooklinen does. Everything they have is incredible, amazingly priced, and just feels so good on your skin. So start the new year off right by investing in yourself with Brooklinen Sleep and Self-Care Essentials. Visit in-store or online at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And use code V-I-A-L-L for $20 off your first order of $100 or more. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. .com. Use promo code V-I-A-L-L for for $20 off any order $100 or more. Are you frustrated with not having the right wardrobe to match your evolving lifestyle? I know I am. Whether you are going on vacation looking for maternity wear or simply bored of your old choices, the stylist at Stitch Fix makes sure you always have something to wear. My sister raves about Stitch Fix because she actually uses it for her 10-year-old daughter, so my niece, and she's like, it's so hard to shop for 
that age range. She's like to find clothes, to find cute clothes, to find things that fit. She was like, so Stitch Fix has been so amazing for their family. They rave about it. Yeah, if you're looking to up your style game and not sure where you should start, you gotta start with Stitch Fix. Think of them as your personal style partner. Your stylist will learn about your taste and collaborate with you on looks you'll love without breaking the bank. You simply share your preferences, sizes, and budget, and Stitch Fix sends you five items in a fix right to your door. With your choices in mind and sizes from extra small to 3XL, they'll find the perfect fit for you. Try everything out at home, keep what you like, send what you don't back, and it's super easy, convenient. They take care of all the shipping. Shipping and returns are always free. They have over a thousand brands and styles to choose from no matter what season of life you're in. Stitch Fix has something for you. Simply order a refresh as needed or set it and forget it with regular fixes you're in control. Thanks, Stitch Fix. They just get me. And they'll get you too. Try today at stitchfix.com slash V-I-A-L-L and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash V-I-A-L-L. Stitchfix.com slash V-I-A-L-L. Drizzly, the number one way to buy beer, wine, and spirits with delivery to your doorstep when you need it. Wherever you are, wherever you're going, Drizzly is the go-to app for alcohol delivery. Maybe it's a party that you want to keep it moving because you're having so much fun, but the drinks have tapped out. Or maybe it's just you have to give a last-minute gift. Or maybe you just don't want to leave your house because it's raining out. Doesn't matter what it is, Drizzly has you covered they have your classics like uh, Kettle One, Bullet Bourbon, Don Julio Reposado, or some wonderful ones you've never heard of. Maybe it's a unique wine that you maybe haven't tried or a craft beer. that Maybe, maybe it's a non-alcoholic maybe wine. Maybe it's a non-alcoholic one. They got you covered yeah, for dry January as well. Either way, go to Drizzly for all your alcohol delivery needs. Download the Drizzly app today or go to drizzly.com. Com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. Must be 21 years or older. Not available in all locations. Again, that's drizzly.com or the uh, Drizzly app today. Kylie. Hi, Nick. Welcome to the Vile Files. Thank you. I see this platform to be very iconic. Okay, period. Yeah. Same. You do too. <laughs> we appreciate you saying yeah. that. So it's something I've always wanted to do. Definitely not in this circumstance, but... I'm freaking out a little inside because I'm excited, nervous. All well, things. we are very excited to have you. Likewise with you, we're very sorry it had to come mm-hmm. under these circumstances. But that being said, uh, this show has become a place for people to share their story, especially when their story involves something like what you went through, which is the infidelity of Mr. Avon mm-hmm. um, following your engagement. No, did you get engaged or not engaged? That's still a sore subject. I, in fact, did you, not That's right. You, that's, fr- oh, okay. You had to. <laughs> right, right, right. It's fine. Con- Everything's you had to convince fine. Him. Yeah, no, yeah. I had to beg a man. Or that's f- embarrassing. Okay. <laughs> Where would you like to start, Kylie? Honestly, Nick, my life has been, it started out in shambles. Your life? Well, in December 9th. December like, as 9th. Soon as I was born. No, 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 no. Just starting December 9th. My mom's 9th. in the room, by the way. Hi, mom. No, I promise you've given me a perfect life. December 9th is when things started kind of going downhill. And my life definitely took a turn that I was not expecting whatsoever. And so I've had to kind of recollect, regroup. And I've just been on go mode, I would say, ever since okay. then. So I don't really know where to begin. But... Maybe let's just start at the beginning of you and Avon. Yeah. Bachelor in Paradise is notorious for having relationships start prior to the uh, the time in which they actually appear to start, which is 
on the beach. It's not a big secret anymore. And quite honestly, I kind of appreciated the franchise. I think it was this season, but almost kind of leaned in to the idea that like, these aren't the first time these people are meeting, you know, there's events and Instagram, Instagram, (laughs) and everyone is like reaching out. They're attracted to certain types of people. Everyone's trying to feel it out, kind of make connections. It happens every season. Is that something that happened with you and Avon? So Bible, I'm here to set the record straight. Avon and I never met prior to walking on the beach. Okay. That second day I was there, that was the first time we were face to face in the same place. Did you communicate on Instagram? No, so I saw him on Rachel and Gabby season and I had an instant attraction to him. He's hot, yeah. He is a good looking man, unfortunately. It would make it a lot easier (laughs) if he wasn't. Um, And going through the process of going to The Bachelor, they always asked me during the interview process, Kylie, like, who do you wanna see there? And my first name, it was always Avon, always Avon. And then literally two days prior to leaving, I find out it's Zach. I'm a little disappointed, but I'm like, it's okay. I'm going to put my best foot forward. I mean, who knows? You didn't meet yeah, Avon. You I didn't was meet like, Zach. Maybe you would have. Yeah, it was Zach. just yeah. like a hypothetical situation yeah. in my head that I felt like we would potentially like vibe together, but I wasn't sure. This was solely based off of attraction. And then I'll never forget the night of the premiere of my Bachelor season. Avon had liked my promo picture on Instagram. And I was literally in my apartment. May have screamed just a little bit. It was like he had just asked me to be his girlfriend. Like I was <laughs> so excited. I know it's the little things. Yeah. I should have better standards than that. <laughs> but I was just excited that you're I a crush. guess. Yeah, I was like someone like him noticed me. Oh my god! And so it kind of just trickled from there. He, I had liked some back. It was that back and forth, you know, the Instagram games of our generation, which and, are for the people who don't know. <laughs> so if someone likes your picture. That could be a tall tale sign that they think you're cute, they find you attractive, and they may want to slide in the DMs. Um, so, but you have to show interest back to them. So that's why I didn't want to like too many pictures because I didn't want to look crazy and stalkerish. So I think I like two, okay. and they can't be too How old. Long did you wait? How I was. Long did you wait? Um, I gave it like I think I waited till the next day. Okay. I was like, we can't look too eager. Like we gotta keep <laughs> this man on his toes. <laughs> and also too with the game, like you can't like too many pictures. They can't be too like old. You have to do it perfectly. There's a science behind it. Yeah, absolutely. Like you have to think through this. Uh-huh. And so I think I like two, and then it was just that constant back and forth. And I was like. Well, obviously, he's not going to make his move. So what can I do to like either make him follow me or make him slide? And so what I did is I put him on my close friends. But what's crazy about That's a move. Yeah. But what's crazy about this. Hey, we're close. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't follow him. Oh. So whenever he would watch my stories, that meant he typed my name into his phone. He's looking. He's he's hanging out on your page. It's like he's sitting on your front porch. Literally, like this man did not miss either. I would post one and literally two seconds later, even the notifications were on. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, (laughs) I'm obsessed with me. Yeah, Yeah. basically. (laughs) And so I was like, I got this man. Like he likes me. He obviously finds me attractive. So let's see how it can go from here. But he never DM'd me. We had played this like Instagram game since January and then in May I believe that's when he just like started to follow me and I was like okay this is interesting this is kind of weird but if that's how you want to play it two can play that game I followed him back and I think literally right before paradise I had posted like 
a fire picture on my close friends. And I'm okay. like, if this doesn't do it to him, <laughs> nothing will. <laughs> and so I'm, that, and, that was your, like your, this is what you're about to deal with. It yeah. Kind of photo. And what yeah. the crazy thing was too, it was a picture I had taken like weeks prior and I was laying in bed, like looked nothing like that picture. And I was bored and I was like, let me see if I can get this man. So I posted it and it looked like I was about to go out on the town, like living my best life. And literally I was in bed <laughs> and he had sent the ever so famous fire emoji. And once again, I died a little. You were basically engaged. I was like, OK, yeah, yeah, like <laughs> yeah. I'm, if he's in paradise, like it's going to be a match made in heaven. Okay. And so that was right before I left. I try to do like all of these simple things, even on the plane to Mexico. I posted a picture on my close friends saying like, here goes nothing expecting him to swipe up saying like see you there silence hmm. so in my mind i was i was like okay obviously he's interested but he could be doing this with a million other girls well, that was my next question i was actually curious do you ladies in bachelor nation compare notes or swap stories or figure out who is dming who like how how does that all work so we definitely talk we have a group chat i'm close to a lot of the ladies from my season I don't know really any of the women outside of Zach's season, okay. but in talking with him, everyone knew, obviously, I was going down on the beach and I was interested in Avon. He had not done that or reached out to anyone else from my knowing. Um, so that gave me some confidence. But like I said, it was weird that he had done all these things, but not reached out. And I'm a very prideful woman, so I would never slide into someone's DMs first. Just not did me. Did you respond to the fire or did you like double tap? Oh, did I had him with a double tap. A double yeah, tap. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was like, at the end of the day. He doesn't deserve a response. Yeah. What do I say back to this? Like, hey, okay. like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, no, no I'm not going to do tap. too much. So um, <laughs> yeah. it was just the double if tap. If you don't have enough energy to type out something to me, like you're just going to do the automated emoji. Right. You're not getting a response. Oh, absolutely You'll not. You'll get a double tap. Yeah, because even in my brain, too, I was like, okay, sometimes you swipe up. And you accidentally sent things. So I'm like, was this by accident? Or, you know, all this. Yeah, it wasn't by accident. <laughs> but just like all yeah. the scenarios were going through my brain. But like I said, I have too much. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm all for the confidence of a woman being able to slide into someone's DMs, but it's just not me. Mm -hmm. I fear rejection a little bit. So if it were a situation where I said something and he didn't respond, I would have had to like move out, out of the universe, basically. Yeah. Um, bags. yeah, yep. so it's time to go. Yeah. Um, so I was just like, you know, we're going to see how this plays out on the beach. Okay. Okay. You get to the beach. We all got to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, is there anything we didn't get to see? Cause obviously they don't get to show everything and you got there first, right? You got there before Avon? I did. So okay. I was there first day and then he showed up the second day. Okay. I think I might even give you some shit when we were recapping it, but like for all I know, the people, I was scared to watch because I know you probably did. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's <laughs> it fine. wasn't personal. We can still be friends. Um, great, but I do remember you were kind of playing a little bit musical chairs, which yeah. is kind of part of the game, right. uh, On Bachelor Nation. But what would you say was your approach? You know, as someone who got to the beach before the person you had your eyes on uh, was there, were you open to maybe meeting other men, or were you just like I don't know, trying to like survive until Avon showed up. Right. So I was definitely open. In my mind, I had a feeling that he potentially would be there, but I wasn't 100% sure. So I was like, I'm not going to ruin my own experience waiting for a hypothetical of a man. Okay. So, let's so at that point, you guys never actually... No. Talked. It was a lot of gamesmanship, right. liking, double taps, <laughs> fire emojis, yeah. close friends, but you two not only had never met, but you never actually spoke. Right. A lot of people, a lot of people don't believe that just because 
I know with the way the show portrayed it, it looked like I was kind of a crazy stalker girl and was obsessed with him. And people were coming at me like, how are you so obsessed with someone that you've never met before? And I was like, it was more so the idea of what could be. You had a crush. Yeah. Like, you know, it was almost kind of like in my brain, I was watching The Bachelorette. I had never thought I would ever find myself in a position to ever be on The Bachelor when watching him. So it was almost like he was a celebrity. I was just about to say yeah, that. You know, so. that, that is the thing. Where if for until you're on the show, and if you're a fan of the show and you watch it, you know the people you're watching are a little bit of celebrity. When I I remember rolling up in the limo night one, seeing Andy Dorfman there, and kind of thinking like, oh my god, like that's Andy Dorfman. Right, like, you know, yeah. it's like a little bit of like, oh shit, I saw you on TV. So yeah, I, I assume talking to Avon was very much like when when he you know fire emoji or liked your stuff it f- probably felt like a kind of a celebrity was sliding in and and liking your pics absolutely yeah and so when i got there the first day and he wasn't there i obviously was disappointed but i was like like i said i wasn't going to ruin my opportunity and my chance there to find someone real because i was waiting on the potential of someone that could be completely opposite of what had built him up to be in my brain so the first day I actually got the first date card as well. And so they were definitely playing a little trick on me, some games. You know how they love to do. Well, yeah, it's one of the, I'm curious, how how transparent with the cast were you about your interest in Avon? So I think all of my friends, so I was really close to Jess, Mercedes, and Kat. They knew going into it that like Avon was my guy in mm-hmm. a sense. Um, and so when I got down there, I got the date card. I had a, like a long talk with Mercedes and I was like, okay, what do you think I should do? Who do you think I should go on this date with? And that's when I chose Will, just because I didn't have that many conversations with a lot of men on the beach. I mean, we were there for like a couple hours and then I was thrown into a date scenario. And Will, I had really connected to him immediately. So I was excited to go on the date. Um, And I think that bled through when I was on TV, when I was on the date with Will, he fell in the water. That was something to take the edge off. But I really did enjoy my time there with him. Well, and it makes more sense now hearing it from you because you're right. It did. It came across from what we know about Paradise in general and the history of the show and how people meet and just how vocal you were, you know, in your like ITMs and just talking to the audience that you were like already like Team Avon. You came across early on as maybe a bit disingenuous when it came to going on dates with other people. But this makes a lot more sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I fully understand why it could have been portrayed that way. But at the end of the day, like I in my bachelor season, I never got like a one on one date. And here I was presented with the opportunity to go on the first one one on one. So what was I going to say? Oh, nope, I'm not going to take this date. I'm waiting on Avon. That just wouldn't be realistic. And that would be doing myself a disservice. So Avon shows up. We got to watch that. I guess and anything you want to speak to about your time on Paradise with Avon, more specifically about like, you know, adding any context where maybe you felt like people got the wrong impression about any interaction with you and Avon at the beach or just your time as you got to know him. After our first date, we became pretty established couple. Things just kind of hit off immediately. We connected on a different level more so than I say I did with Will on on my first date with him. And so that's when I immediately kind of decided to go with Avon. And from that second day to the very end, it was always just us. Um, And I think because when it comes to TV, it's going to be really boring to watch a couple just sit on a day bed and talk about life and kiss and be romantic. Like you want to see the drama. And we had a lot of drama this season. 
So Avon and I really weren't shown that much, which I was completely okay with it. I'd much rather have come out of that process with an established deep connection than get a crap ton of camera time. Like that just wasn't important to me. Yeah, and on, you're right. The healthiest relationships usually get the least amount of airtime just because that's not that fun to watch people snuggle. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think there were a few of our conversations that were shown. And unfortunately for us, they were a lot of just like surface level conversations. And I will say watching it back, I even kind of got mad at him because in our conversations, there looked like a disconnect between us. It looked like a, me doing a lot of the talking and him just kind of like laying there agreeing. So in the public eye, I could see where they thought, well, he doesn't look that into her or they're really boring. Um, get them off of my TV. I don't like them. Did so, it feel that way in the moment that he like wasn't as connected as you were? Or did you only realize that once you were able to step out and watch it back? I would say in the beginning, I do remember there was a time I was in the bathroom literally crying to some of my friends saying, I just feel like I'm way more into him than he is me. He, it was almost like he was there for a vacation with his friends. He was spending more time with the guys than he was with me. But that was only in the beginning. As the weeks progressed and our relationship became stronger, I could tell he was all in on me. But definitely in the beginning, I was like, okay, I feel like I'm doing myself a disservice by staying with him mm -hmm. because he doesn't seem that invested. Gotcha. I know mom's in the room, but did you guys hook up at Paradise? <laughs> we did not go into the Boom Boom Room. Okay. Did um, anyone, like, I feel like there, like, has the Boom Boom Room even been used? Is there, is there cobwebs all over it? Like, what yeah, is going on? So I guess we're just really boring or like not a lot of us had like sexual chemistry. I don't really know. But yeah, there are cobwebs in the Boom Boom Room because it wasn't used, which was kind of confusing because I feel, I feel like in years past, like at least Back one in the couple. Day, it was like there was like a sign up list. You yeah. Know? My mom most likely would have disowned me as her child. So <laughs> to save my face within my family, it was a good thing that I didn't go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Do you like looking back, watching it and you know, obviously getting to the end of Paradise where you kind of famously were begging, begging yes. uh, Avon for some sort of long lasting commitment. Do you have any regrets about that or watching it back? You know, I guess maybe more specifically, what what made you so convinced that you two were ready for a serious relationship? Would you have said yes to an engagement had he asked? Like, what were, how did you get there? And do you, you know, think of it differently now that you have removed yourself from that kind of intense bubble? Right. So I think for me and my friend group, especially, I, I don't really want to speak for a lot of people, but we came down there with the actual intention of as cliche as it sounds to find love. I wouldn't say I'm necessarily one of the favorites of Bachelor Nation. So I knew going down there, I wasn't going to be like a fan favorite. I was going to get all these followers and this clout from it. So I was like, at the end of the day, that's not really important to me because it's most likely not going to come. So I was like, I just really want to find someone and to leave in a strong relationship. And so one of the first questions I asked Avon on our first date was, I saw you and Rachel's ending and how you weren't ready for something like that. Do you think it was just her in the situation or do you think it's actually something that you're never going to be able to get to, a place you'll be able to get to? And he told me, he was like, Kylie, like, that's a big deal to me, but if it's the right person and the right timing, I'll do it. And then a little, vague. a little vague, but then it gets better. So we are continuing to have more conversations as the show plays out. And he's talking to me about his experience with Rachel. And he point blank told me there, he was like, honestly, I was ready to get down on one knee for her there. Oh. But the only reason why he didn't do it was because 
he knew that it was at the end of the day she was picking Tino. So he didn't want to show up the day of engagements, get down on one knee and get rejected, which I understand. But you're telling me that and then you're so convinced and so stand strong about not getting engaged to me. I'm just like, okay, Mm -hmm. that definitely made me feel some type of way. And then we were talking about he was interviewed for The Bachelor and they asked him if we were to pick you, would you get engaged? Like we know how you ended your season. Would you do this? And he was like, yeah, I'll absolutely do it. Like, I want to get engaged. And so that definitely, I, that wrecked me. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i not here to defend Avon. Yeah, no. But as someone who's gone through that journey before, the Bachelor bubble is very different than the Paradise bubble. That's what he said. But I get why still... it felt a certain way towards you. Mm-hmm. And the person I was on Paradise with had a very similar reaction. What I went through on The Bachelorette was just so intense. Mm-hmm. That paradise to me was child's play. I don't know. It was just like, right. it was not the same, you know? And so if, when you're in like the top three and you're going through this kind of emotional roller coaster and you're, you know, eight, nine weeks in and you're like, you haven't talked to your family and you're just like thinking, can I engage with this person? And you're like, I really have these strong feelings. You're trying to process all these mixed emotions, going to paradise and hanging out with your friends. You don't feel the intensity of that environment. And because I, I remember going to paradise and, Again, you're with a whole mix of different bachelor people, people who have gone as far as you, people who have were there night one, you know? And so it was weird for me to watch people on Paradise kind of respond to Paradise on all these different ways. Mm-hmm. So I'm just here to say, can I, yeah. I, I can understand where Avon was coming from on, on that particular stance. I, I don't suppose. love that, Nick. Um, I apologize. No, yeah, it's no, fuck okay. Avon. Like, yeah, honestly, no, he's a cheating no, motherfucker. No, no. I don't, you know, but I'm just, no, I'm I don't just, know if that helps or hurts. But, no, you know. no, I, no, I get that. I get that point of view. But for me too, you have so many more intimate moments in paradise. You're basically there together nonstop 24 seven. And I know there's a, That's even true. though you're there for a longer period on the bachelor and bachelorette, the time with the lead is so well, limited. What I agree with you is I think the connections made in paradise are, are more real right because you're actually spending real time where i think the connections in bachelor world bachelorette bachelor are very much harder to trust because as i always said it's actually a relationship that's built on withholding love Mm -hmm. because you make a connection they pull you away you know you're spending you know and so you spend most of your time on the bachelorette or bachelor thinking about your relationship rather than being in your relationship so your idea of this connection is mostly in your head where in paradise you're right you're you're spending 10 12 hours a day all day long with your person and you're actually you get to talk about whatever the fuck you want and it's it's really truly incredible so yeah i I think that's why paradise has a better success rate because those connections are actually more valid and people who fall in love on bachelor it's a little bit more of a roll of the dice because I think a lot of people, like in my case, you realize we're not compatible. You know, you know, yeah, there was a connection. Maybe there was love there. But what we thought what we had wasn't as real as we had hoped. Right. You know, and I think in paradise, it's a little different. Well, I do appreciate that perspective because yeah. I will say when he was telling me all of those things, it definitely made me overthink and rethink our connection because I'm like, if you could get there for other people, why can't you get there for me? And we're spending the most time together. Right. So, yeah. but now that I'm seeing it from that perspective and I kind of am hearing out what you're saying, I get it. Did it feel good that he was saying those things to me there? Absolutely not. And two, a lot of our conversations that were shown were strictly about like us talking about the engagement and me being like giving him an ultimatum in a sense. 
But in my defense, I will say there were other conversations where he was giving me false hope in regards to the engagement. He would be like, okay, well, I'm thinking about it. And I really do think I can get there with you. Just give me some time. And then the next day he would come and he would be like, not no, but hell no. Well, he wouldn't say (laughs) exactly, but that's how it felt. That's how it felt. Yeah, and I was just like, whoa. So it was just like the switch up that had me so confused and had me so emotional. And two, more so, it wasn't necessarily, I know it came across that I was just wanting like the Neil Lane diamond and like the engagement on television. It was more so the commitment that I was wanting. Also, even if that were true, I got no. Why wouldn't you want that? No, I mean, you are in a, you put yourself in that situation knowing that that could happen. That's why you're going. If you're going to say yes to your point of going to the Bachelor or going to Bachelor in Paradise, you, as you should, fantasize about what it might be like to meet Neil Lang, to wear a Neil Lang diamond, to get engaged. It definitely is a fantasy. That's why you go. You know, anyone saying otherwise is just lying. Yeah, I, I agree. And I will say for him too. He knew both times that he was, when he was going there, what the end result looked like. Yeah. And so it was kind of crazy how he wasn't prepared the first time, but then he had a redo and he still couldn't find himself in a place to get there. I don't know. I, it definitely was the commitment issue too. And we were doing long distance as well. So I knew I was going back to Charlotte. He was going back to San Diego. And I felt as though the commitment of an engagement would push us even more as a couple to work through the hardships more so than just being boyfriend, girlfriend. Totally valid. I actually said something identical when I was the bachelor. You then? Yeah. Two great minds think alike. There you then. go. <laughs> well, because you're right. Because you're you're there. You're taking this risk. Everyone knows who makes a connection in Bachelor World. Like, you're not delusional. I wasn't delusional. But you're like, hey, I feel this thing. I don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> but I want to try. Right. And yeah, this is a weird place. But I remember being like, yeah, if she was in Montreal, I was in LA. It's like... There's no stakes, you know? Right. If you go back to your life and I go back to mine, I could see us just disconnecting much earlier. But yeah. like, I really want to give this a shot, blah, 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 blah. And if we make this commitment, you know, yeah, so I, I totally get it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I understand why that was your argument for an engagement. Well, six months removed. Thank God that did <laughs> yes. not happen. I know everything works out for a reason, but I will say in those moments, and I was also too watching my friends get to live out that fairy tale ending. And I felt as though in that moment, their connections, like the relationships on the beach that did end in an engagement, were not um, strong as Avon and I. So I was just so confused. So I'm like, well, if they can get there, why can't we? Um, so it's something I definitely harped on a lot. I do regret how it almost came across as I was begging because I respect myself too much to ever beg a man. But I think just being in that environment and having so many different voices in your head, you definitely get caught up in it all. But I wholeheartedly felt in those moments, Avon was my person. He was someone I was going to spend forever with. Well, those other engagements didn't age quite well (laughs) either. So yeah, we are definitely a failure of a paradise season, but it's fine. All right. So now you guys left paradise. Mm -hmm. This is where the real story starts. Uh, What was it like the days following you to leaving paradise and trying to start your relationship in the real world? I remember immediately. So we got home from paradise like end of June. And we were going to have to navigate this like long distance relationship. I had never done long distance. Neither had he. And so I immediately flew to San Diego for the week for the 4th of July. Um, And like I said, we were fresh off the beach. We were excited. We had such a great week together. We got to finally experience life in a relationship 
in normalcy. And I was honestly kind of scared because I'm like, okay, we're away from the lights and the cameras, from the glitz and the glamour and like the fantasy of a TV relationship. Am I going to catch the ick? Is he going to catch the ick? Like, is this really going to work out? And it completely debunked all of my worries. It was a great weekend. And I truly got to see like, okay, I could see a future with this man. And then we just like made it a point where we saw each other at least once per month, every month for six months, because we actually broke up the day after the finale. So we were there, we were together like in a full-blown committed relationship up until that day. He came to Charlotte. He came to Charlotte back in 1st of August. He met my family. We spent like 14 days together in September. Um, November, I went back to San Diego. Like we were constantly, to, to be in a long-distance relationship, we did so well for ourselves and making it a point to see each other. From your point of view, how strong was your relationship when the season started airing? I would say, so season started airing in September. In my eyes, I felt like, we were very strong. We were committed. I was planning on making the steps to move to San Diego. So we were talking through all of that. So personally for me, like I didn't see a switch up or a change. I will say during the time of the airing of the season, we did have some arguments, but I think that just comes with watching everything play back. Sure. Well, can you share what some of those arguments were about? Yeah. So he felt as though I really like undermined my connection with Will. He said that I downplayed it a lot, that I acted to him as though I wasn't interested in Will at all. And so it was hard for him to watch it back, to watch it back with all of his friends. Oh, so like you mean like the normal conversations when you leave leave filming and then everyone's like, so like what happened before I showed up? I went on a date with this guy named Will and like honestly, I was waiting for for you. It wasn't a thing. And then he goes back and watches it like this motherfucker, you know, like so a little bit of that. Yeah, a little bit of that. And I'm just like, I think for me, I kind of found it to be silly because I'm like, you know how The Bachelor works. You know how one-on-ones are. Like, I'm not going to go on a date with a man and not kiss him. And two, like I said, I didn't even know if you were coming to the beach. I didn't know what you were going to be like. So, of course, I was going to put my best foot forward in that date. So we argued about that. Whenever I'm in front of a camera, for whatever reason, I word vomit a little bit. And so, like, someone would be walking on the beach and I would be like, oh, my God, he looks so hot. And I, like, not like, okay, like, just very playful. Yeah. Didn't mean anything by it. Like, I was committed to Avon since day two. And I never gave him a reason not to believe that. And I understand why it bothered him a little bit. I guess if he said, my friend... When she walked down on the beach was hot, I would be like, okay, what was that about? Mm -hmm. But they just seemed a little bit blown out of proportion. And so I just kept telling myself, if we can make it through the show, the end of it, then we're going to be just fine. Like, this is going to be one of our hardest moments and we'll be good. Was there anything that you got frustrated with Avon over while you were dating or while it was airing? I mean, in all relationships, there's always things in a partner that you wish you could change. Um, For me, I feel like Avon is really is set in his ways and he doesn't really deter from what he wants to do even if it's something that I'm really passionate about in that time those six months if he wasn't about it he wasn't going to do it point blank period and that was it do you have an example one the engagement um (laughs) but that was a big like that's a big deal I'm not trying to undermine engagement but just like in regards to moving I was willing to make the sacrifice to move cross-country I have never lived more than an hour away from home everything I love everyone who I love is in Charlotte 
but I was immediately ready to pack my bags and experience San Diego with him. And he doesn't really have many ties to San Diego. His um, family is from the East Coast. He has some friends there, um, but he constantly told me, he was like, I've built a life here for in San Diego and I don't see myself ever moving. And you're going to have to either be okay with that or we're going to be done. Yeah. And that really, that hurt me a lot because I'm like, I'm willing to make this sacrifice for you, but I have really strong family ties in Charlotte. And when I have a family, I want to be able to go back there and experience that with them. And so I was kind of having to reimagine my life and what that would look like away from my family in San Diego. And that was, I was very fearful of that. But you were willing to do it and he wasn't. Yeah. And I think for me, like I loved him so much I still have so much love for him and I was willing to make that sacrifice for him. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, maybe when I get, I was always trying to just give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, maybe when I get there, he's going to just come to this realization that he loves me so much too. He can't see his life without me. And that's going to be his push to one day move. And in that time period, he, he wasn't budging. And like I said, just with the engagement, a move is a big deal, especially across the country. But I was willing to make that sacrifice. Why didn't he even have the ability to even think about it? So d- despite that, you felt like your relationship was overall pretty strong. I would say so, 100%. When did you first catch wind of any infidelity? So we had taken a photo shoot in Charlotte like a week before the finale episode aired. We were so excited about posting the pictures. That was kind of like our come out to the world of like, we're still together. We're going strong. Despite all of the BS at the last episode, we have gone through our differences. We're good. He was so excited to post the picture. Like he had had our post in his drafts for like a week. He had come up with the caption. He was ready to go. He was going to post it. I was going to collaborate on it. And to me, that was like a big deal because like I said, I have really low standards. But for some, for some guys, posting a female on their Instagram is a big deal. And for him, I know he is a very private person and he's very detail oriented when it comes to his Instagram. So I'm like, the fact that he wants to post me like this and he wants to make it. What like do you this, mean he's a private person? He went on The Bachelorette. <laughs> I know. Um, I think he forgets what comes with the show. He wanted to go on the show, but he didn't want what comes with it, if that makes sense. No, it does. I mean, that's like half yeah. the people who go on the show. Yeah, he even made the comments too of like, whenever the show is done airing, he didn't want to do any podcasts. He didn't want to do any like, he wanted to be completely detached from the show. And I'm like, okay, that's completely that. fair. Yeah. yeah, like I'm not mad at you for that. So we posted the picture. I believe the finale episode aired on a Thursday. We posted the picture on a Friday. I was in Charlotte. He was in California. And honestly... I had an hour of bliss because literally within an hour, I decided to hurt my own feelings. Um, But I was scared too. whenever we came out publicly, publicly as a couple, people weren't going to necessarily buy in. Like I said, everyone called us. Except you guys as a couple. Yeah. Everyone called us boring. They like, they honestly hated us watching us on TV. And I get it. Most of our moments were boring. So like, I wouldn't have wanted to watch us either. And then you, you know, your finale wasn't. Yeah. Awesome. And then I look yeah. like a crazy girl. So I. You're crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, a little crazy is okay. Um, so I completely understand. But we were, as soon as we posted it, we were getting so much love. And I was genuinely so excited because I was like, all of my fears that I had were kind of wiped out the window. And like I said, I decided to hurt my own feelings by checking my hidden request. That's typically where a lot of the haters are, people who don't follow you. Yeah. 
I don't remember what I saw in, originally, but it said, hey, girl. Oh. And the hey, girl. You know, you know what that means. Hey, Natalie. girl. Yeah. Hey, girl. <laughs> hey, girl. I've been fucking your man. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, someone's about to come to me yep. as a woman. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yikes. And I was at my favorite restaurant, Outback, with my mom, my grandma, and my best friend. And I was just like. Mom, you remember this moment. No. <laughs> yeah, this was a nightmare. I remember sitting there and I was like, do I do it? And my poor, like, 85-year-old grandma is in love with Avon. And she was just like, Kylie, don't open it. Don't open it. And I'm like, Grammy, you are toxic. (laughs) I am going to open this. (laughs) And so it said, hey, girl, I just wanted to let you know, Avon cheated on you July 22nd in Santa Monica. I'm just now finding out he wasn't single. Oh, yeah. We, she had the date. She had the date. Yeah. The receipt. She was very the screenshots, yeah. the proof, the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Literally yeah. everything. And I will say, I was so blindsided that I was like, there's no way this is true. Yeah. Like, she's literally just doing this for clout. Mm-hmm. And I was like, did you really think that? Wholeheartedly. So your gut was just like, no, this is some crazy. I was that blindsided. For me, Avon and I, yes, we did have problems in our relationship. Everyone does. But when it came to ever thinking he would cheat on me, absolutely not. Okay. I think, too, I truly felt as though he loved me. We were strong, but around November, that was the first time he told me he loved me. And our relationship had, like, literally taken new heights. We were so good. Like, I had a new job lined up for San Diego. I literally put my two weeks in for my job now. I was looking at apartments. Like, we were full speed ahead. The show was about to end. We were ready to go. And I was like, this man truly loves me. But then again, he loves himself enough. He really cares about what the public eye thinks of him, which is fair. And so I was like, he would never cheat on me just because if anything, he wouldn't want. uh, Yeah, he doesn't want his image to be ruined. There's no way he would be this dumb. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, let me click on the account. I did. And unfortunately it was not a bot which I was, I was like that could be a scenario too like a fake account yeah she ha- was a real girl lots of followers real pictures and you San were Diego like in he her bio. would be into her yeah but the thing the crazy thing is the girl who messaged me is not even the girl that he hooked up with oh it was like it was so far removed it was like a friend of a friend's roommate so it wasn't the girl no it wasn't the girl i still to this day have never heard from the girl in in santa monica okay and so i was like okay well i'm gonna have to get to the bottom of this right and i was of course like seeing red and i was immediately just about to text him like what the heck is this true and my friend is like no kylie you need to calm down you need to get all of the facts and then you need to have like full-blown proof before you come to this man So he can't deny anything. I began messaging back and forth with her. She ended up calling me. She's like, well, I don't want to get into any of the drama. And I'm like, well, girlfriend. Well, babe, you should DM me (laughs) Yeah, you knew what was coming when you decided to send that first message. And respectfully, as a woman, you should respect me enough to be able to give me all of the details. And so, like I said, we kept going back and forth. I could tell she was withholding information. And I first was like, okay, was this man even in Santa Monica? on july 22nd so i'm like where was i i was in miami with charity cat mercedes and jess and i look back and it's a selfie of him on the train from san diego to santa monica for ethan and meatball's birthday and i was like this could really be true and he i remember being in miami and i'm like okay i know how it would feel if i was a guy my girlfriend's living her best life at club live 
Like, I don't want to put him in an uncomfortable situation. So I remember being in Miami with my friends, going out of my way to make him feel so comfortable. Like, I was texting him all the time, FaceTiming him. Like, I wanted him to know that I was okay and I was... They're like, I might be in Miami with my girls yeah, clubbing, but like, I'm, I'm thinking about you. I'm still thinking about yeah. you. And so I thought the same for him. Like, he was in Santa Monica. He was giving me play-by-play of all the places that he went to that night, which was ended up being a disservice in his end because the girl was giving me a play-by-play of all the places they went tonight and the receipts were matching up. And I was just like, oh, this is so true. And I was still like, okay... Well, she said that he hooked up with someone, but then again, like girls can just be like, oh my God, like Avon's so cool. He's from The Bachelor. I totally hooked up with him and like Mm -hmm. they never did. So I said, do you have any like full-blown evidence that he stayed the night with her? And she was like, yes, I have a picture of him in her bed the next morning. What? She took it? The girl took a picture. Yeah. (gasps) Do you have the picture? I do. Can I see it? I can show it to you. No, we won't air it. Yeah, no, I can show you. Okay. Yeah. Can we grab it? Yeah. Yep. Um, do you have my phone? Mom. <laughs> in his defense. Come on down. <laughs> in his defense, he had his clothes on. Yay. Um, but that's when If this motherfucker is smiling in this picture. No, you no. know, it's like him sleeping no, and she it's... like sneakily oh. like took a photo okay. to like Hold send on. to her gr- group chat and be like, I just sucked up. I literally, this picture, every time I go to bed at night and try to get a restful night, it pops up immediately (laughs) in my brain. That's when my heart sank and I was having an out-of-body experience because I'm like, I never saw this coming ever in my life. Oh, it's just the back of his head. Yeah. But, but it is like full on like girl just hooked it's, up. It's the hand for Why me. does she have the hand? His the hand. So it's like her Wait, hand on his see. back. Can you hand it to me? And we and you just I wouldn't know this is Avon. I oh, it's Avon. You, you know it's, it's Avon. It's Avon. Okay. And I even You've have seen a, the shirt. Yeah, I have a, a picture of him in his outfit and that's the shirt he wore <laughs> that night. It's really the hand that it's the hand. It's the hand. What no. was she doing with the hand? I know no. she was she had to show that like that she, it was her yeah, and she was, he's in the bed with her like she sent it to her you know like she's bragging yeah. to her friends that yeah. she bagged him. Yeah. Wow. So she sent that to you. He sent that to me. Literally the proof had slapped me in the face. Yeah. There was nothing that I could do to deny it or tell myself it wasn't true like the proof is in the pudding. Mm-hmm. So I'm like having a panic attack on the side of my street about to walk up. Yeah, into where my are apartment. you in this moment? Yeah. So we I left out back. Yeah, we left out back. <laughs> okay. So the, the story left turns the blooming onion yes, on the table. Yes, you're like, we, we got to go. Out 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 at an outback yes. steakhouse I can never eat out back again. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Sorry, outback. Yeah. <laughs> and so we make our way to my apartment. She sends me the picture as I'm like on the street parking. And I literally just like collapse. Like I cannot, I can't even. Everything went numb. And so I'm still seeing red. I'm like running up to my apartment so I can call him. He's actually in Anaheim. One of his friends is like a UFC fighter. And so he was at one of his fights. And I call him, but he's at dinner prior. And he's like, hey, babe, what are you doing? Like, it's loud. He's living his best life. And I'm like, I'm about to literally like rain on his parade. And I'm like, I'm going to need you to leave. And he's like, what? I can't hear. I'm like, I'm going to need you to leave and I started I'm like where were you July 22nd after Eric and Meatball's birthday and he was like I stayed with I uh, I stayed with Eric and I said where were you July 22nd after the birthday party and he was like I, I, I was at Eric's and I was like 
okay, well, why do I have a picture of you in another female's bed the next morning? Are we, is this Eric Gabby's ex? Yeah, okay. Eric. And now that I know a little bit more about Eric, I'm just like, mm, I probably wouldn't have felt comfortable with him hanging out with him anyway. Didn't you, I thought Eric has a girlfriend. I don't know. Mm, I, I, think I, I don't know. I think they, they broke, broke up. up. Okay, yeah. Sorry. That is, I don't know if that's yeah. the tea, but that's what I heard. Okay. Right. And so I was, and he, it just like went dead silent. And I will say he immediately owned up to it. And so I can give him credit for that. He didn't try to deny. Okay. And he, what did he, did he, what did he well, say? Well, after he lied twice. About yeah, where he was. <laughs> sure, yeah. but then, I mean. Then, you're right. After yeah. he said, I have proof of you in this woman's bed. He wasn't yeah. like, that's not me. Other people would, I mean. People yeah, would, he would be like, oh, well, I, I just slept over there. I didn't do anything. No, he, he was like, Kylie, I don't even know what I should say for myself. There is nothing to say. There's no excuse for my actions. All I can do is say how profusely sorry I am. And to be clear, hooked up, they had sex? I do believe, yes, they did have sex. Okay. And to kind of make matters worse, it was a situation, it was just a random girl at the bar. They had gone back to the roommate's apartment. They did a little post game. He ended up leaving and going back to Eric's. And she called him and was like, hey, like, I didn't want you to leave. Come back. And he was like, well, I didn't really want to leave either. So it was the circle back that really got me. I think for me, if he was drunk and, you know, one thing led to the other and he mistakenly fell asleep there and then it, there's no excuse for it, but his actions were intentional. And that was what was really heartbreaking to me, for sure. And so there was a lot of screaming on the phone, a lot of crying on both of our ends. And I was just like, I don't know, like, you literally just let me go public with you. Like, I, I have people calling my phone saying, oh my God, congratulations, texting me, I'm so excited for you. Our Instagram post had blown up and here I am dealing with all of this. Like, how did you not, why did you not think you were gonna get caught? Like, it's one thing to do it, it's another not to tell me about it, but then to embarrass me like this, it was just a lot to process. Then what happened? So that whole night, I was just kind of in my head, I was in actual disbelief and I couldn't believe something like that had happened. I will say, I was like, I was giving him the benefit of the doubt. I was like, okay, it happened in July, early July. If we wouldn't have gone on paradise, we most likely wouldn't even have been dating. At that time, we probably would have still been just talking. This was a normal relationship. Just kind of going through all of the scenarios. You're jumping I, through some mental hoops and yeah, how to forgive him, basically. Yeah, basically. And so to make matters worse, he was going on out of the country on, on a Dominican trip with my family. This happened, I found out on a Friday night. We were supposed to leave that Wednesday. What's the date when you found out? Uh, so I think it aired on December 7th. Okay. I found out about the first on December 8th. And then we were supposed to go to the Dominican the Wednesday. Okay. And so I was like, I don't want to tell all, of course, like my mom and my grandma knew, but I didn't want to tell my dad. I didn't want to tell all my family because I had a feeling in that moment, hey, I think we can work th through this. I love him enough to trust him, to be able to potentially trust him again and get back together. So the next morning I woke up, we talked through things. I was like, I don't want to tell, if you don't come to the Dominican with us, I'm going to be sad. My dad and my brother are going to be like, well, what happened? And then I'm going to have to tell him. But if we do, do come, go to the Dominican, like it's going to be awkward. This is our first time seeing each other since everything. Like, what do we do? And he wasn't texting me back for a while. And I was like, wait, this is weird. Like, I'm literally like, here you are. I'm giving yeah, him grace and I'm giving him yeah. a chance and I'm getting ghosted. Yeah. I'm like, he should be texting me back within a second. Like, what is going on? I was getting my nails done. I kept checking my phone and then I go to my car and I'm driving. 
And I get a text message from him and it's like a book long. And I'm like, this is not going to be good. And this is the point where I, I've never felt more broken before in my life. And I might get a little bit emotional talking about it because this just seemed at this point to me, it just seemed like the end. And once again, I do respect him enough as a man because when telling me about this other situation, I would have never found out. Do you have, the, I mean, can we just read the text? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found it. <laughs> All right. It's really so long. You're, at a, you're getting your nails did. Yes. And I'm driving popped. at this point. She leaves. I see this. You're driving. I'm you driving. Okay. Yes. Did you pull over? Pulled over. Jersey Mike's parking lot. Another place I love. That's and, ruined. Yeah, I'm like, Jesus. I'll never eat Jersey Mike's again. Thanks a lot. I read, it says, Kylie, I need you to listen to me and read this. There's something else you need to know, and I'm doing this knowing it'll be you ending this with me because I have totally lost you and everything, and I've lost myself. So I think when it comes to this, I'm like, okay, still not giving him the benefit of the doubt, but it does allow me to respect him a little bit more just because he's forthcoming with this information. I would have never found out about what he's about to tell me if he wouldn't have told me. That's fair. And he said, both times I went home to Boston, I rekindled with an old childhood friend who I've known for years, who I used to have feelings for. Both times we hooked up and I was going to tell you, but I was told not to because she didn't want to be involved. I have made these mistakes. I have really fucked up and hurt you. I'm laying this out there, but that is the full extent of everything over the last six months, LA and the two Boston trips. I'm worthless and I feel totally, totally worthless right now. I stepped out on our relationship and I don't know what to do. I don't deserve to be painted in any good light. I don't deserve you. I don't deserve anyone. I'm telling you this because you deserve to know, and that is the only thing. I need to seek major help in rebuilding myself. I have pretended to be something I'm not for the last few months, and it is a problem. My feelings for you have grown so, so strong, and I have just completely ruined it all. I ruined such a good thing, the best thing. I'm so sorry I've done these things to you. I have serious issues that I need to take care of, and I've lost the best thing in my life because I was being a selfish, inconsiderate prick who was not taking this relationship seriously. I don't know what I'm going to do without you. I just talked to my mom and she's beyond upset with me. I've lost everything. I'm a horrible, horrible person and I'm completely shutting down. That's everything that has happened and that I've done. And whatever you need to do or to post or whatever, I, all I care about is you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about everything. I have ruined everything. As this relationship has gotten to this point, I've grown deeper and deeper in love with you. And at the beginning, I wasn't taking this seriously at all. I wasn't putting in any effort. I didn't think we were going to get to such a good point. And that is not fair. It's a waste of your time and you deserve a better person than me. You deserve someone who is going to love you and give you everything. And I have not done that. I have laid everything out and I'm the worst human on earth. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that I've done this to us. I'm taking full responsibility for this ridiculously disrespectful mistake. And I know there's nothing I can do to mend us. I'm not a good person and I don't deserve anyone or anything. Okay. Well. When was the two Boston trips? When did he say he went? So he was there in August. Okay, so it was July, August. September. And September. Oof. Tougher yeah. to swallow than the July ones. Yeah, like I said, the July the July time, it was something that I I could get over. And I sorry for interrupting, you're but good. for the people listening, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Because when you get out of a bachelor bubble, it's a very weird feeling mm -hmm. and you feel, you know, I don't I don't not brainwashed, but like it's it, you're just you're in this bubble. Right. And nothing really else matters. And so when you get out, there is an adjustment period for these couples. Mm -hmm. And what he did was, there's no excuse. He was wrong. We're not making excuses for him. But I can understand why you were able to 
try to find a way to forgive him just because of how tumultuous it can be for couples who just kind of get out and it almost feels not real. Right. Like it almost feels like, are we actually really dating? Are we, what's going on? Like you live across the country. Like we met on a show. Right. I don't fucking know. So I hear you there. Yeah. But August, September, you guys were really advancing your relationship. Yeah. Like I said, at that point he had met my family. We had spent so much time together. Literally the time before going in September, I had just spent 14 days with him. I left Tuesday morning. He left that night to go to Boston. So we were literally just together. And for me, I think what's so hard is in, I've been in relationships before, but a character flaw of mine was I was always scared to settle down because I'm like, what if someone better comes along? Yeah. Kind of searching for the next best thing. And for me with Avon. Very 2024. Yeah. With me, with me, with Avon, it was the complete opposite. Like, I literally loved this man with everything. Nikki, I can say he was the first man I ever truly loved. And so to be so blindsided, to be wrecked the way I was, not only the way it happened, but in such a public platform, it just, it had felt like my life was over in that moment. How did you respond to that message? I immediately called him and I could not form words. I was like, I was screaming out. Um, I don't think I ever cried. That, that much before in my life and he was crying like it was just such an emotional time and I think that I was sad Friday absolutely because I was like what is happening but I almost went to bed with kind of a peace of mind because I was like okay this is hard but we're gonna get through it when I found that found that out on Saturday I was like this is over and I don't I just here I am been with this man for six months like he's all I've really thought about I'm planning my life around him and just like that in a blink of an eye everything that we built is done for and once again I was I was I felt like I was living in a lie too because I still had so many people posting about our relationship so excited calling me texting me and I just felt like suffocated because I'm like what do I say to these people how do I respond like I don't know and that's when I took it my, upon myself to make that post that night just because I was like, I don't, I physically can't continue to live in this lie. It's only making it worse for me and worse for my mental health. And so a lot of people, I've gotten backlash like, you just did that for Cloud or- Did what for Cloud? The, the post. What sent, were you supposed to do? I don't know. That, I'm like, there was no, there's no right way to go about that. Like in that moment, I felt so, I guess I felt so strong and empowering because I'm like- once I post that, I'm kind of telling the world like it's over and it's going to be really hard to ever come back from that. Do you feel, yeah, was it almost like you knew that you wanted to forgive him? Yeah, absolutely. And like that posting almost was a way of holding yourself more accountable not to? Yeah. I think for me, I've always just wanted to be loved so badly and to build a family and to have like that fairy tale happy ending. I think I would have just looked past it because I had so much love for him, but that's not fair. Like, it's just not fair to me. Mm -hmm. I think now I've done so much growth in these past few years, especially after my bachelor experiences, I respect myself too much to immediately have taken him back. And so I think that was kind of my way of forcing myself to be like, no, this is the right thing to do. You need to do it. When I posted it, did I have a little bit of like, oh God, what, I, what have I done? Absolutely, but it it honestly felt right in the moment. His letter was um pretty solid, and I I don't like his uh, constant. I'm a terrible person. I'm a terrible yeah. person. It felt like a little self pity. 
Yeah. A lot of it was strong. Yeah. There's a part where he said, I feel like I lost myself and I really need to work on myself. Mm-hmm. That 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 last part to me is like the operative point. Right. Because like, listen, people make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, infidelity is a thing in relationships that unfortunately a lot of people have to deal with and people can recover from it. But very few people actually want to actually make the changes they talk about making. And are you aware of any actions that Avon has done since this uh, revelation between the two of you that would suggest that he actually is making positive changes in his life? Or have you just not spoken to him at all? Yeah. So I think the first positive step that I saw him take was his response to my post on Instagram. Um, for a bare minimum. Yeah, a bare minimum. Oh, absolutely. Okay. But that just him saying, like him immediately owning up to it, he could have taken the easy road out and been like, not everything is as it seems or denied it, um, even though I did have full blown proof. Um, so I think. <laughs> I only had a picture. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, I think. What did, did you say anything about the picture? Like, you dumb motherfucker. You I like, sent it to him. Yeah, and okay. his response was like, oh, God. And I was like, yeah, oh, God. So I think that first step, it showed a lot of about him as a man. And I do know, I mean, I'm not going to sit here in line and say I haven't spoken to him. I have spoken to him and he is currently taking the steps to be a better person. And I think what's- What are, un- what are those steps? I know he's going to therapy now. Okay, good for him. I think it's unfortunate for us, especially me, because I just feel like collateral damage in all of this, but it something like this needed to happen to him for him to open his eyes and change. I think he would have constantly gone through the like the motions of being in relationships and not really fully committing to someone, not realizing him to himself, he does deserve love and he can find that if he's able to put the effort and work into it. Um, so I think it took this big of a slap in the face for him to want to change and to realize he does need to change. Like I said, it's unfortunate for both parties, but I don't think our relationship would have ever gotten to a place it needed to happen like to get to if it wasn't for this moment does he know you're doing this podcast he does know i'm doing this podcast what are his thoughts surprisingly he has been very supportive in a sense of he doesn't want he wants me to be able to share my side of things to clear the air and to give my story did he ask you to hold back or not share anything he honestly did not bible it sucks because it was such a big story when it first happened. And obviously like hate and stuff like this is very fleeting. The next reality TV show, there's going to be more drama when it comes to that. And everyone immediately forgets about what happens. But this is going to obviously open the can of worms again. But to be clear, we're, we we do not want anyone hearing this episode and going to his page oh, or no. messaging him anything nasty or anything at all. Yeah, no, I'm not doing this podcast to break him down as a person anymore. I respect him too much. I am someone who believes that if you want it bad enough, you can change. For me, I unfortunately had to do deal with this on such a public platform, but I do know the reality of the situation is that so many other people have to deal with things like this. So if I'm able to relate to at least one person out there, then it's worth it for me because I know just how I've had to build my life back up. In just a short amount of period, like time period. But yeah, I don't know. It's been hard. It, like I said, it's probably one of the hardest things I've, because like in an instant, my life changed. Yeah. You went from thinking this is my future. Yeah. Like all the excitement around a public relationship and 
you know, you guys post the first time. You're like, oh my God, people like us. They're going to hate us. <laughs> like, we're going to have some fun. And then. Yeah. Literally. I hurt my own feelings. Do you regret checking that DM? Heck no. But I'm just like, <laughs> life would look a little bit different. But I am every time I open my hidden request, I'm like scared to see another. Hey, girl. Just let me yeah. let you know. Has uh, grandma recovered? Oh, um, no. Grandma is still screaming, crying, throwing up. She just like wants me to be happy. And I don't think anyone, even my friends have said it. They're like, honestly, Kylie, like you're not like a relationship girl in a sense. We just never thought that you were going to actually find someone and not get the ick from them. So like, this is a big deal. And I'm like, I, they're like, we've never seen you so happy. So yeah. it's just a sh very shitty situation. Well, I appreciate you sharing. I am getting the sense, obviously, and I know we talked prior to you coming this, but I'm getting the sense that there's, you still have some hope in your heart. Now, before you answer that question, we're going to give you a break. Okay. It's time for texting office hours. Okay. Uh, and we're going to focus on someone else's relationship Thank problems God. and uh, hopefully help someone through their struggle. And just so you know, we offer advice through our own mistakes that we've learned from the past. So we're not, no one here is an expert. Okay. Uh, but we're just trying to help out a friend. So let's get ready for texting office hours. And when we come back, we'll address maybe what's in the future for Kylie. Do you hold out hope for you and Avon? Uh, and where do you go from here? Way, baby, your hair is looking shiny. You want to know what it is? I do. It's way. So they actually just came out with a hair gloss, and I used it in the shower mm. the other night. You shampoo your hair, and then you put the gloss in, and then you let it. You brush through it, and then you don't use conditioner, and your hair feels so silky smooth. And then I got out and blow dried it, and it was just so shiny. I mean, I'm you always look radiant, but there was Thank something you. a little more shiny about your hair Thank in the best you. possible way. Thank you. I'm obsessed with Way products. They actually have a ton of stuff that I use and love. Their hair oil. Oil, for those of you who aren't from the South. It is also extremely like shiny, glossy. Um, a little bit goes a long way. It, they have uh, also leave-in conditioner, detox mm. shampoo. The detox shampoo, I will say, is really good for when you've been like going on a, on a no-wash streak for a while maybe you've been putting some product in and you really just need to get it all out the detox is iconic for that love that well whatever you need way has you covered for all your hair needs give your hair a glove with way go to the way.com that's t-h-e-o-u-a-i.com again t-h-e-o-u-a.com that's the way.com and use promo code V-I-A-L-L for 15% off any product. That's, again, theway.com, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code V-I-A-L-L for 15% off any hair product. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Get trimming down there in all those areas for the men in your life. That's right. This Valentine's Day, make sure that your men are perfectly groomed for you. We don't want you picking out any hairs out of your teeth for Valentine's Day. Just because you want to make him feel good doesn't mean you have to suffer. Get Manscaped today. The Manscaped <laughs> Lawnmower 5.0 will make sure that his under areas are trimmed so you do not have to go weed whacking with your teeth. Oh my my goodness. I'm just saying, you know, like, you know what? Or have little, little hairs all over the toilet seat yeah, yeah, because uh, they need to weed whack. Yeah. And again, like I said, if they don't have something for their under area, that means they're using your. I'm just telling you, you heard it from me first. Don't have them clipping their balls with oh. your stuff. Gross. Well, whether it's the Manscaped Lawnmower 5.0. 
O Ultra. They got incredible boxers. They got some amazing deodorant. Everything that Manscaped does is incredible in the men grooming department. Also, they have Manscaped Refined Cologne. This Valentine's Day, stock up the men in your life's grooming essentials by going to manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with code VIALL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code VIALL. Here's to keeping the romance alive, one smooth move at a time. How's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. What's your name? My name is Kayla. I'm 27 and I'm currently navigating the aftermath of two messy situationships and I'm skeptical of the possibility of finding a drama-free connection. Okay. Let's talk about these situationships. I need the tea. <laughs> so the first one was about like five or six months and it was around the ending. So like summer and winter of last year. And things were like super hot and heavy. He was super into me from what he told me. It felt very genuine, but like looking back in hindsight, it might've been love bombing. And I sort of find that I'm falling into this love bombing trap. So, you know, things were really good and uh, we communicated really well. He was able to tell me what he like enjoyed about me and he was able to communicate his feelings really well and his expectations. And he really set um, expectations and boundaries before even I did. And I was like more the reserved one and like kind of holding my heart really tight. What, what, um, what were those after, expectations and boundaries that he set? So he was kind of vague. Um, he was a little bit younger. So he was um, 24 at the time. I was 27 at the time, uh, which isn't a huge age gap. But I think it kind of showed, especially in this conversation, he told me that he was interested in kind of just seeing where things went. But he was really, I don't know. He was just very into me. He just, he just. I don't know. Probably was just love bombing, honestly. But I mean, or just he he was excited about you. Yeah. Yes, okay. absolutely. Absolutely. But once I finally got to a point where I said, you know, I totally agree, like ditto, he pulled out. And the same exact thing happened like a month ago with the guy that ended up ghosting me um, and then reached back out eight days later, citing that he liked me too much, which like, make that make sense no it doesn't i mean it's just something guys make up yeah it's a poor excuse yeah. exactly but give us more details about this other situationship okay so let's call him drew okay. uh, drew's the five to six month relationship things were going really well we had a really good sex life i don't know it seemed like we were very compatible we understood each other's values but you, you were dating for five or six months we were in like a situationship for five or six months because why? Because you didn't want to date? Because he didn't want to date? Like why, you know, for five or six months of hooking up, where were the like, hey, you know, I like you. I think we should date or the what are we, you know, even though I hate that. But like what was going on in those five or six months? So I had my first real heartbreak this time last year. Okay. And I navigated it really, really poorly for a while. And it took me up until probably the summer to really kind of come into my own and start having conversations with myself. Um, I read your book and um, sought therapy and really kind of worked through things. So I was doing all of that while talking to him. And my therapist really urged me to kind of stay alone. But I was really interested in this guy at the time. So it was like this weird toss up of like, I really enjoy him and I want to be committed to him, but I'm not sure if I'm ready. I'm not sure if I'll make a mess of it because my therapist has faith in me, but I think it was more like you have work to do. And I was doing that work and I wasn't able to, to juggle both. 
Okay. You were kind of playing a role in, in it being a situationship in a way. I would agree with that. Yes. Okay. I think, and did I think we had... I'm guessing your therapist didn't tell you to keep hooking up with them <laughs> uh, if you weren't going to date them. Or, or maybe they did. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. I was telling my therapist that I really enjoyed uh, Drew and that we had really good conversations, everything that I've told you. And his thought was basically like, you know, if it's a positive thing that's happening in your life, there's no need for it to end. But I was also sort of in the the thought of like, Drew's actions were not matching up with what he was saying. So I was trying to find the disconnect there. And Love Bomb is something that I've like recently heard, like, you know, going around. And like, with hindsight, I'm thinking that that's kind of what I was experiencing. I was like, okay, so you're telling me you like me, you like me, you like me, but you can't make a plan. You're not telling me that, you know, I don't, I don't know. There weren't like steps going forward. So it was difficult. Okay. So just so we're clear, because if you've love bomb a few times, I wasn't there, so I don't know for sure. But love bombing is only when someone's actually trying to elicit a response to manipulate you. You know, like when a guy's like, I love you, let's have sex, you know, something mm -hmm. like that. Or I love you, like, I want this in return. Rather than a guy being like, I fucking love you. You're the best. And then you guys hook up and he all of a sudden gets a little weird afterwards and realizes that maybe he just wanted to have sex. That's, that's just someone being a poor communicator and super immature and incredibly selfish, but not necessarily love bombing. Okay. Love bombing is like a deliberate move to say, I'm going to promise you this in exchange for that. And it turns out, and I'm just lying to you. And they're using okay. love in the, in, in the words of validation to get you to you know, comply with whatever it is they, they want from you. That's not the same as an immature guy not being in tune with his emotions and getting caught up in the moment and selfishly you know, say things he doesn't realize he maybe not doesn't mean. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. I guess I was just trying to name it because I've kind of gotten to this point where like New Year's Eve just happened. I'm turning 28 soon. It's like I'm manifesting this year to be amazing for me. So I'm really trying to approach things in a more healthy way. So like naming it, I felt like was was helpful because I just I can't keep I don't want to date a puzzle anymore. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I've only found puzzles and I just want someone who's kind of under museum glass. Yeah. So when these guys are expressing these words of validation to you. Have you ever asked them, why do you feel that way? Yeah. My love language is words of affirmation, like a hundred percent. I don't really react well to someone just saying, I love you. I feel like I want to hear because, and I feel like there are so many great things about everybody that, you know, if you're going to choose one person to really enjoy that, you should know the things that you enjoy about them and be able to maybe mm. list just like a couple of them, Sure. Uh, which actually concerns me because I haven't really been able to listen to about Drew just like within the last few minutes. Well, I should be able to tell you something. Red flag, go. number yeah. one. <laughs> Red flag, yeah. When you're asking why, like, what are they saying? Uh, nothing. I, exactly what I just did. I, I think it's just like, it's like, well, what do you mean? Like, why, why would I be here? It's more like it turns on me. In that moment, are you able to like, have that like, well, you should know. No, I think I've been able to in the past but I give a lot of allowance to people. And I understand that maybe men aren't as in tune with their feelings and able to communicate them as well. Or maybe some men, I shouldn't, you know, paint with a broad brush, but it's really hard to, to, I don't want to pull things out of the person that I'm dating. 
it would be really great if someone could just offer exactly what I'm offering. Cause I feel like I, I really try to do everything for my partner and it doesn't ever seem to be reciprocated. I hear you, but like, I, I think there's a difference between trying to beg to pull something out of them and asking a very simple question is, oh, that's great. Like, why do you feel the way you do? Sure. Because it's, you know, in dating and forget about the love bombers out there. You know, okay. we've, we've all been excited. We all have been caught up in the moment. You know, we've all been like, holy shit. Like, and when we find someone we're really attracted to or we meet someone else that we have this instant chemistry with, you know, whether it's because we're attracted to them or we we went to the same church or we had a shared mutual experience, you know, it's very easy to be like, oh, you love me? Great. You know, but, and it can be scary to ask why, because sometimes our instincts will tell, you know, our deep down are just like, maybe they're just excited, but we'd rather just be present and then take the compliment rather than actually fact check it, so to speak. But sure. I just do is not an acceptable answer to I love you. And if they don't have an answer, that's fine. But that is just maybe a signal to you that they're just excited about you. And that's also okay. Mm. You're, you're a very yeah. beautiful woman, you know, like you, you know, guys, if they meet you, they might get excited, but they need to be able to articulate that because it, if they can't articulate it, it's not love, you know, and they, I'm sure they feel strongly. And I, I'm assuming that's because you mean you, you want someone who loves you to be able to explain why, you know, and it's not just because they think you're pretty or fun. You know, I'm guessing you want someone to love you for a million different re reasons and you want it to be easy for them to say it because it's so obvious to them. Yeah. And, and that takes well, time, you know, <laughs> and that's OK. And sometimes I think it could be a very mature conversation when you meet a guy and he's like really excited about you. I really like you and, uh, you know, or I love you. And you say, well, why do you feel that way you do? And then you could and they could be like, oh, I don't know. What do you mean? I just do. It's just like, hey, listen, I guess you're just excited about me. And I get it because people get excited about me all the time. You can fuck around with them. But like maybe we're just not quite there yet because, listen, I just want a guy and, and that's OK. We're not there. Well, I'll take it slow. But I want a guy who can explain it, you know, because I'm it's just do is is isn't love, you know. And yeah. so maybe you just need to practice being comfortable enough to ask those questions and be okay with their answer. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. I think like in my last relationship where that it ended in a crazy heartbreak, it began with a lot of really meaningful compliments. And I like I was living off of that. Like it was like adrenaline every single time I heard something like that. And then it just kind of went away, you know, as the relationship went on. And, you know, as I noticed it, I would communicate and I've done that with pretty much every person I've dated because they all just kind of fizzle out for whatever reason. But, um, you know, I communicate and I say, it would be really great if you could just like elaborate, like just use more words. And my ex and Drew both had very similar responses where it was like, I just, I, I just don't have the words. And then I would, you know, kind of egg them on maybe a little bit more and be like, okay, well, can you maybe talk about this, that and everything? And it just feels it feels like so juvenile that I have to sit down with the person that I'm having sex with and ask them, can you please explain to me reasons why you, why you enjoy my presence? Like it just seems well, dumb. But then also with the guy who ghosted me, he told me he liked me. I don't know if you have those, those screenshots, but I mean, those sent me in a tail spin. Kylie, do you want to do a dramatic reading with me? Sure. Well, what, what are we calling him? 
We can call him Ben. Okay, fuck it. Call him Ben. <laughs> hey, Ben. Hey, Ben. <laughs> ben. There's a Ben out there who's a douchebag. Listen, I'm interested in getting to know you. And for me, that means making plans. If that's something you want to do, you have a super weird way of showing it. And it's leaving me confused. I understand your response times are slower than some. So I definitely think it's fair to be patient and shit. But also, I feel like it's fair to expect at least some excitement to make a plan. What started that conversation? He, did he ghost you prior to this? And like yes. you, you've been waiting around oh, okay. and you're like struggling with the fact, should I text him? Should I not text him? And then you decided, okay, screw it. I'm texting him. And that was the text you sent. It was a mini ghost. And okay. then the texts that he sent right after were eight days after I had sent those okay. texts. Wow, you, re- you, nailed, eight days? you nailed that, Kylie. Yeah, yeah. You know, we go through Thank the mental you. battle. Do we text him? Do we not yeah. text yes. him? I always go, don't text him. No response is the best response, but hey, I still respect you for it. He replies eight days later. Dang, eight days. Hi, I'm sorry for disappearing. Feel free to tell me to fuck off and be gone forever. Okay, well, I think there was a thing happening where I really liked you. Still do, parentheses, and part of me wants to pursue the aggressive relationship building, but also part of me was being immature and scared. All of which is to say, I'm very sorry for going AWOL. I'm very sorry for not being better to you. I was a little scared I couldn't be everything you needed me to be. And frankly, I do, did, still do have such a massive crush on you. It kind of makes me nervous the way I feel about you already. Okay. They're not scared. They're, they're never scared. That's they a cop out. Yeah, it's such a cop out. Like, I like you but too do you, much. Do you hear the overall, like, vagueness cloud that's surrounding those texts? Like, that's what I'm used to. I don't think, and I don't think they're it's being, exhausting. I don't think they're being vague, though. Like, I feel like he wanted to end things with you, but he didn't know how to say it. So he wanted to take the high road of, like, oh, my God, I like you so much, but I don't think I can be with you. Well, if you like a person, you can be with them, point blank, point blank, period. And it shouldn't take him eight days to respond to you. So to me, that's a cop out and an excuse and trying to make himself feel better for basically like, quote unquote, breaking up with you. How much are you pursuing versus being pursued when it comes to your dating life? In recent months, I've kind of taken a step back over the last year since my breakup. Um, I literally broke up with my ex this time last year. So it's been a year of like hinge and not hinge doing some like, oh, I met them through this person kind of um, dates. I've met some people through like Facebook groups and um, like book clubs, stuff like that. But generally I'm pretty active or I've tried to be, but I'm just overall like kind of discouraged with, with this behavior. It's incredibly discouraging. The men, how old are these men that you're usually dating? I've dated a huge range. Okay. I think the oldest I've dated, it was 38. Okay. Um, And the youngest was probably 24. Okay. So, but it's, there, it's, there's a variety. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a clear answer for you other than like, you're an attractive person and my guess Thank is you. you're picky. A little bit. And my guess is the men that you're attracted to are probably of the fuckboy category mm-hmm. because they can be. And basically every guy who can be a fuckboy is going to be a fuckboy at some point in their life. This is something you're going to deal with. And the way to deal with it is just getting good at trusting your gut and your instincts. And I know you mentioned, hey, I'm, I'm getting discouraged and it's frustrating. I don't have much of an answer for you there because dating is discouraging and frustrating. After this guy 
didn't text you back for eight days, the correct response would have been for you to just block, delete it and move on. But your ego wanted an answer. You needed to know why did he not, you know? So it's like, what about after him not texting you back for four or five or eight days said to you, this is a guy who's worth my energy and time that I should keep pursuing? Uh, nothing, nothing, nothing. It's my, it's a hundred percent my ego. It is painful, painful news. Yeah. I, well, it's yes, never, you'll always deal with ego. it. We all do. Right. And, and your ego will serve you well. Your ego is the thing that makes you say, I can do this. I can, you know, I can apply for this job. I can, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you take a risk and challenge yourself. Like your ego is the thing that makes you think that gives you the confidence to do the impossible or what might feel like the impossible. So your ego can be a great thing. It's just learning how to control it, you know, in these, in these moments. And instead of uh, trying to make excuses for these guys, because the idea of a guy waiting eight days to text you back is unbelievable to your ego. Mm -hmm. It's just accepting that maybe, you know, I, I just found another, you know, guy in this fuckboy era who's not willing to not be a fuckboy for me. Sure. Totally. I think through time, I've definitely gotten better, but it's just taken, it's taken a lot of men, yeah. which just ends up causing a little bit more damage. You mentioned that situationships end once someone uh, enforces boundaries. Yeah. And my question for you is, as an example, every single one of these men that I've talked about enforced the boundaries before I did. And what are those boundaries? They, they would ask me to be their girlfriend. They okay. would say, I want to be exclusive. I want you to do this thing. It was, it was very, like, in hindsight, fuckboy to be like, I want you to only be having sex with me or, you know putting, putting those boundaries down, but it's so, so confusing when, well, that's, I mean, I'm curious, are they, are they asking you not to have sex with other people? Or are they actually asking you to be their girlfriend? They're asking me to be their girlfriend. Like they're, okay. they want to commit. I mean, you would be, it's so, so shocking with what they're saying versus the actions that they're displaying. It is, it's a mind fuck when you're in the dating world. Well, always believe their actions. And if their actions aren't lining up with what they're saying, ask more questions mm -hmm. and just point it out. It's just like, yeah, that's great. But like, that doesn't feel like you want to, or I'm confused because you say this and do that. But I, I just think, yeah, it's, it really just, it's an ego thing, I think for you, because I think, you know, you're not, you don't have a problem meeting men. You don't have a problem like, you know, flirting with men. And it's just, as I always say, you have to shift through dirt to get to gold. And so you're just going to have to get better at shifting through dirt faster. Mm -hmm. It's really just about efficiency for you, you know, because it's not like I can't, I don't know how to meet guys. I don't know where to meet guys. It's every guy you're meeting and, and interested in and liking and attracted to is a potential fuckboy, And you just need to learn those tools to figure it out faster. How do I sort of determine with, with my actions and how I act? Because I've tried that, but I think I've overcorrected so far to like chill girl that I'm not getting anything that I need and all of my my thoughts, feelings and everything go out the window. Give me an and example. I can't find this like happy medium of like, I don't want to be the chill girl and not have any standards, but I also don't want to be like a psycho and come on and be like, do you want to marry me? You know, like what's the in between? This is crazy because you sound so similar to me. It's like, if I do too much, then I'm going to be like the crazy bitch. And they're going to be like, whoa, you're coming on way too strong. But if I'm too chill, one, that can come across as maybe I'm not that interested in you or like, just, I don't know. I, I get what you're saying. I think you have to realize your worth. Like Nick said, you are giving these guys a lot of excuses. Like you are still 
after reading that message, you should have been like, this is a cop out. He doesn't actually really like me. He's just saying this to try to like find an end to it. So you, if he wanted to, he would point blank period. So it's all about actions and kind of deciphering through like, is what he's saying to me actually true or does he actually genuinely like me? So I get it. It's hard. It's really hard, but realize your worth and Thank don't you. take any type of excuses. Yeah. I mean, I get it. It's, it's, it's frustrating. It, it's just about getting better at listening to yourself mm-hmm. because your, your gut's usually right. And my guess is you, you ignore your gut more than you realize or admit to yourself or you make excuses and the whole like uh you know you called up originally asking about like addicted to drama because you know it's it's again you've heard me say like drama's fun it's a challenge it's you know and then it's well what if i'm wrong like maybe maybe they deserve a chance and things like that and yeah you just you have to just it's really just about checking in with yourself on a regular basis and slow, you know, you meet a guy, how do I, how do I feel about him? Pay attention to how you're feeling in that moment about them. And how do you feel about what they say to you or how they respond to you? And then, you know, and, and if you get a feeling that's off, ask more questions, you know, you just have to name the bullshit a little bit faster. Because right now, my guess is when the bullshit presents itself, you, you, you get a little excited because it's kind of fun. It's a little bit of a game. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's a bit yeah. of a puzzle. It's a little bit of a challenge. You just have to be patient and keep checking in with yourself. Maybe, t- you know, slow down from dating. Maybe take a break here or there, you know? Like you are only, the fact that you can recognize that this is like a the anniversary of you eating your heart broken, like that, I don't know what it is, like the fucking aura out there or whatever, but you're, the world is reminding you of that heartbreak you had. And in a way- you're trying to forget it and overcompensate it by like getting yourself caught up in the drama of these other men. So just be mindful about that, you know? So maybe just like when you do that, slow down a little bit and it's okay a year after your heartbreak to just say, you know what? That still makes me sad when I think about it. It doesn't mean you're not over it and things like that, but it's healthier to check in with yourself and admit a feeling you're feeling rather than ignore that feeling and then try to overcompensate it by getting involved in an unhealthy situation that is only just preoccupying from the feeling that you're trying to ignore. Yeah, I, I have a history um, of giving my energy, all of my energy to men that don't deserve it. And it's something that I am definitely working on. But then also, like, I'll just speak for myself, coming from someone who has so much relationship trauma history. And now like dealing with the, the like minutia and like dumb bullshit, it's just, it's different. All of my relationships before, like I said, ended in like big firework kind of things. And now they're ending in ghosting and, and just like weird miscommunications and. Well, and in fact, that's actually progress because at least you are checking in like a little bit, right? Again, like the I, fuck boys find boundaries inconvenient. And so you're, this is you trying to like set expectations and enforce your own boundaries. And so that's why you're getting the ghosting and you're getting the guys who are backing off because I'm guessing when you were younger in the past, you wouldn't do this. You would just put up with it. You would make excuses for them in your head. You wouldn't address it. And then you were in too deep five, six, 12 months into a relationship before you actually started listening to your body and saying, this is bullshit. Fuck this. Correct me if I'm wrong, Kylie, if this isn't resonating with you at all. No, I, I feel this deep in my soul. You know what I'm saying? And then, so this is progress. This is, this is you finding out that they're not with your time much faster. Now you just need to get a little bit better. 
Mm-hmm. You know, now you 100%. need to, now you need to go from not dating them for five or six months to, you know, when they go, you know, next, you know what, not worth my time. And you'll get better at it. The more you're willing to accept that every guy you meet is potentially in their fuckboy era. And that's not you being cynical or jaded. It's oh just my like, God. What you, know, you just said is crazy because I think the opposite. I'm like, Every single person I meet could be my husband. No, they could. It's yeah. a problem. Listen, it's every every problem. every fuckboy is someone's future wife or husband. You mm-hmm. know, like especially in 2024, we're in a hookup culture era. You know, and so all being a fuckboy is to me is the willingness to participate in hookup culture, have sex with someone you don't have an emotional connection with, find out they might like you a little bit more than you like them, and still have sex with them. And that's basically describes everyone who dates nowadays, you know? And then like, you know, the more options you have, the taller the guy is, the more attractive the people are, the more options they have, and they get a little spoiled with their options and they don't please themselves and they become a little, you know, insensitive or make excuses and everyone's looking for the next best thing, you know? And that's, that's the situation you're dealing with. So you just have to get better at asking questions, slow down, check in. And yes, you, you, you cannot eliminate being discouraged when it comes to dating in 2024. So the best you can do is to take breaks, slow down, and just try to be more honest with yourself. I'm in my enforcing era. I know it. I love that for you. All right. Thank you. All right. Well, hopefully this was helpful. Incredibly, incredibly. Thank you. All right. Well, we would love an update. Nothing really specific because you're just kind of dating, but like, let's check in in a couple months and see if you've uh, been able to make any positive changes in your dating life. Here's fucking hoping. I think think (laughs) you'll be fine. You got this, sis. All right. Take care. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, Kylie. Uh, great job, by the way. Thank Take you. It wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. Nat had to step out. It was getting a little warm in here. You're working her to the bone, literally, until the last me. second. <laughs> working me. How dare to, you do I'm that? I'm trying to clock out. This man won't <laughs> let me. Let her on maternity leave already. Come on, Nick. <laughs> yes. Come on. Where's HR? I'm contacting uh, HR. Send help. So, Kylie, we, we, before we got into texting office hours, I, I pointed out that um, I get a sense from you that they're still hoping your heart when it mm-hmm. comes to Avon. Is that accurate? And where are things now as it stands with you and Avon? So I think this topic is a little hard to talk about just because it's hard to talk about something that I don't know myself. I think I'm just taking things day by day. I know for me, this period in my life is all about making Kylie stronger. I was, like I said, was in such a poor place when I found this out. And I think a big part of our relationship that we had kind of issues with is he never thought I was actually going to follow through with the move. And what do you mean? Like, I am so close to my family and I love Charlotte so much. It's my like my comfort space. So he never actually thought that when it came down to it, I was going to pack my bags and move there. You know this because he said this to you? He, yes. He, when? He, basically throughout our relationship, literally from the time we went to paradise to an argument literally two weeks before we officially broke up. It was hard for me because I was in a space. I'm like, I am. But t- you told him that. I, yeah, mean, I, I don't understand. That's like, I think it was kind of annoying to hear him say absolutely, that. Absolutely. Because yeah. I'm like, I don't know what more I can do to prove to you. I can't, unfortunately, I'm not, I'm waiting on two other roommates to move with me. So if it was just me, I'd pack my bags up tomorrow and go, but I'm not at that place right now. So I am so glad to say that even after all of this, and even though he believed I would never do it, 
I am moving to San Diego the last week of January. Oh, wow. And that has nothing to do with Avon? Nothing to do with Avon. All about me and my personal growth. Okay. I'm moving with Jess um, from The Bachelor, as well as Kat will be moving down there, too, I know. Kat. A lot of people have a lot to say about her, but she will be there, too. What do you have to say about Kat? I love Kat as a person. I think I know her. I know her ways. So I just, I, I have become immune to how she acts. I'm just well, like, you say that like as if, uh, oh, that's his cat being cat. But yeah. do you feel like, question, do you feel like cat just got a completely bad edit? Or do you think she has some behaviors that she demonstrated that possibly she could work on maybe? Oh, absolutely. And I think it's good because she can own up to that herself. She is not in delusion where she's like, how I acted on there is perfectly normal, perfectly fine. I'm good to go. I think she saw her behaviors. She's in such a better place now, even post breakup. Um, she just became a licensed nurse practitioner. Um, she's moved to San Diego tomorrow. So she has already had so much growth. And I think everyone can change. It's just having the ability to want to do so. And I think Kat wants to be a better version of Kat. When was the last time you spoke with Avon? A couple of days ago. This morning. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of days ago. I I think out of even though he doesn't I he doesn't deserve anything from me. I think well, it's not about deserve. You know, we know that. But yeah. I guess it's more question is what's your like how's mom mom, how do you feel about it? Amy is not. She's I I have um I want to not like him a lot, but somehow I have a lot of sympathy for Avon because I I do truly feel like that um he was broken. My take is, I think he truly didn't take the relationship seriously. He did what he did, and then it was too late. And then the last couple of months, things got really great between them, and he really felt like, okay, this is it. And But he had already done what he had done. So you have a little empathy for him. Do. You don't, you don't, do. she, mom, mom said she wants to hate him, but you're not making excuses for him, but you can at least empathize that he recognizes his mistake, maybe? That's right. Okay. I feel like everybody deserves grace okay. in in their lives. And if we were all held accountable for our mistakes in our lives, we it would be a terrible thing. But um, he's uh, as long as he grows as a human, not just for Kylie, but as as a better version for himself, then I think all of this was, everything that happened was worth it. Okay. Do you want to get back together with Avon. Gun to my head right this second. Not in this moment. I think. Yeah, but that's not really what I asked. <laughs> like, you know, I'm trying to dance around the question. Um, what I'm hearing is from you, as I recognize I shouldn't get back together with him yes. today. Yes. I have. But that's not what I asked. <laughs> Do I want to get back together with Avon right this second? Do you hold out hope that he's doing the work he needs to do so that it would be safe for you to give him another chance? Yes. But do I know if I could ever get back to that space? I'm not sure. I feel like... Is he still trying to be with you? Actively, yes. But I don't... I think that's not fair either. I will say, so some things had happened. I found out. And then the night I found out, I literally had a panic attack. And I was crying so hard. The only thing that provided me happiness in that moment was talking it out with him. And then I left for the Dominican. He obviously didn't come. And I was like, this isn't healthy. We need to cut off all communication. And so for a whole week while I was out, I was able to kind of unplug, 
completely disconnect myself from him and really cope with the fact of being lonely, I was surprisingly fine coming out of that. I think he expected me the second I landed in Charlotte to text him. I didn't. He ended up circling back the next day, just checking in. And then I found myself in that rabbit hole all over again. So I think it's just trying to find a healthy boundary. He needs to do the work. I need to move. I need to set up this life for myself cross country. And then I think it all is just about time. And then if I see he's found himself in a space where he's a better version of himself. Also, too, what I worry about is this is still pretty fresh. So he's still upset. He's still coping with the fact that he lost me. Is he this strong-willed about changing because he's caught up in the moment and six months down the road is he still going to be this new version of himself yeah i mean you never there are no guarantees there's no guarantees i mean the the important thing is whatever he is doing mm -hmm. and hopefully it's enough to work on himself right that he doesn't stop doing that once he senses he's getting closer or gets you back or or something to that effect yeah because we're never finished products no no if Honestly, wholeheartedly, if not for myself, I hope he changes for him and for another potential partner. I do feel like he has it in him. I just don't know if I can ever get myself back into that space of being completely in love with someone, but still worrying about when they walk out the door, what they're going to be doing. I mean, I've heard San Diego is a small little town. I know. And, you know, Bachelor Nation. A lot of Bachelor people there. Um, It's not not an if, it's a when you two run into each other at the bars. Absolutely. What do you think you're going to do? Or uh, I'm down the street. (laughs) That's true. Like, what's up? How you doing? Yes, look at some coffee. You know, like... It is going to also, too. He's a, you know, you see him at a bar, he's with a lady. Oh, that's going to sting. As much as I want to be like, cool girl, Kylie, like, you effed me over, screw you. Like, I don't care what you do. At the end of the day, I love him and I still do hold so much love for him. So that would be hard. And he is also, he is a part of my comfort zone just because I'm going to be so far away from all of my family and friends. It's going to take strength for sure. Yeah. And it's going to be, yeah. And, and it's going to take strength not to let that little toxic side come out. Yeah. When, you know, it's late at night. You had uh, a few drinks and you yeah. see with a girl and you're just <laughs> yeah. like, you're, uh-huh. and, you know, you pull, you know. I like to say I'm strong, but that's going to take the ultimate strength. All I can say is time will tell. Okay. I can't see into the future. I don't have a for sure answer right now. And I think that's fair. Just because I said my life was literally swept out from under me. And I'm having to completely, totally regroup, completely starting from scratch. So just give me grace. That's all I ask. Just give me well, grace as I navigate yeah. it. I, know. I appreciate you. The rest of the world, I'm not sure, but... Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that mindset. <laughs> I mean, they don't know who you are, you yeah, know? That's I true. mean, they, At the end of the day, they don't have to wake up with him in their bed every morning. So it's what I have to keep telling myself. But then again, I just don't know if I'll ever be back in Joe's you... space anywhere close to maybe dating so honestly no i will say i've had some people circle back um someone in particular that i had a bachelor nation no no bachelor nation guys good for you yeah Yeah. even as the i always said told myself that avon would be i'd only like be with one bachelor nation person because once you start like dibbling and dabbling it's just like a really yeah it's a really Mm. close circle so i'm just like also can i do one thing really quickly do whatever you want. Can I debunk the Blake rumors? 
I don't even know what they were. Oh, the, oh yeah, yeah. I get, yeah, can yeah. please now? I finally have I a did, platform. To be clear, to be clear, I actually defended you on Thank that. Thank you. Thing. I I was critical of you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, watching it back. One thing I do when I'm uncomfortable, I smile. And so in that car scene, I'm like, we're really close and I'm like smiling. It's 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 a character flaw of mine. I look really flirty. But like in that moment, I'm like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to be saying here or supposed to be doing. So I get it. Like you had every right to be skeptical of I was me. like, she is sprinting yeah. after Blake. Like, and I have not seen her have one yeah, conversation like, with him. She's a runner. She's a track star. <laughs> Truly. Literally. She looks like she's on tears and he's leaving. Yeah. Like, what is going on right now? But Blake, Blake was like the, he was the veteran in that world yeah. he was older blake's a mature well thought out guy i was blake when i was in paradise right. and you can bond with those people and i'm guessing he was a bit of a support system for you absolutely and your support system was getting in a van and yeah. you were fucking sad about it you know <laughs> exactly no and two i'm really close with jess like girl code through and through um like you said we just had a really close connection more so of a friendship um, he was someone I always vented to. He vented to me about Jess and I was not running after him because <laughs> yeah. I wanted him. Um, I know it appeared that way, but it's fine. Everything's fine. But okay. I just wanted to finally be able to debunk that myself. You heard it here first. Because even in some of his little interviews, he kind of left the door open and I'm like, Blake. Stop mm -hmm. leaving the people guessing. Like, you know. Why was he doing that? You have a big ego. I understand. But, like, you know what this is. He's just out in Africa saving some Yeah, he's, you know, animals. tracking the penguins with his little bracelet. But, okay. but yeah, I, I did. Someone who I talked to prior to diving in The Bachelor World has circled back. And he will be in San Diego okay. training for a little bit. So... Training sounds, sounds like, like an athlete. No, never that. Never Disgusting. that. Disgusting. Yeah. We, what was he, what we we don't like athletes. What are we training for? Maybe football. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Maybe. What team? No, we won't get. Uh, we won't get that. No. no. Yeah. I mean, you know, they they get traded all the time. So yeah, no and they telling. train in different facilities. Yeah. And there's they, no yeah. telling what team we'll end up on. Right. Right. But right. honestly, I am not at a point in my life where, like. Even being intimate with someone right now is so, like, I'm so turned off by that idea. I just, because I gave my, so much of myself to Avon, it's just like, I don't know if I have that energy in me right now. Is he on your close friends? Mm, no, I deleted my close friends. I was like, I don't know. You still even, follow each other? Who, Avon and, and I? Yeah. No, I unfollowed him. He still follows me. It was just like quick reactions, like that night, yeah. posted it, unfollowed, uh, uninvited myself from the collaboration. Like, I was just like, I'm done. And I'm just like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> you know, I was I was being As rash. You should, no. Yeah, you're protecting your mental health. Yeah, you don't want to see them. I Why think do you, have to yeah. follow, you do not have to follow someone who cheated on you. I know. You don't have to apologize for that. You don't even have to explain yourself. Oh, thank you, Nick. Anything else you want to say before we let you go? I would say for any woman that is experiencing something like what I just went through, never blame yourself. I think I found myself when I, I was like, well, what could I have done better? How could I have been a better partner? Like, what could, more could I have provided? And at the end of the day, unfortunately, that was just a personality flaw within Avon. And I literally could not have given any more of myself. So never underestimate yourself and never question yourself like you are enough. And that's something that I had to keep reminding myself throughout all of this. Well, thank you for sharing. Oh, and I'm sorry I hit doing this, but it's a okay. question just popped in my head. Mm -hmm. Did you fact check at all? with the girl in was it boston no so one thing i've always told myself 
is I would never come to anyone as a woman. I just like, I don't know. I don't think it's like beneath me, but he's the one who owned up. Like he did come clean. I mean, he came I, clean. He, he made it's it just easier like, for you to trust that he was. I mean, it would be weird if you reached out to her and she's like, "No, what are you talking?" Because yeah, like, she didn't like get why would he say that? Like, yeah, yeah. When- yeah, and I guess I mean, yeah, and I guess the way he did handle it made it easier. I'm guessing for you to believe that was all. Yeah, and at the end of the day, it was already. Right. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, do I need to know every gruesome detail? No. At this point, ignorance is bliss. What I will say about that situation, I'm not like with the L.A. girl. She had no clue about us being together. She didn't even know that he was going on Paradise. She found out through commercials then she found out that throughout the show that we were together. And then she found out at the end that we were publicly like in a relationship. But the Boston girl, she I knew. lose. Yeah, I lose a little respect with that because woman to woman, if you know someone's in a relationship, how dare you? So my guess is she, whether true or not, would say that Avon downplayed. Yeah, your and that's fair. But that's that's fair, I guess. But if I know someone is actively with another person, I would never choose to go after their man. I guess that's just me. But okay, Kylie. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having me. I had fun today. We wish you nothing but the best. Uh, congratulations on your move. Thank you. Uh, I hope it goes great. Thank you so and much. And whatever happens between you and Avon, I hope that you're very confident in your decision. That's, I appreciate That's what you. I hope for you. I need that. So thank you. Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you are new to the show, subscribe, tell your friends, all that fun stuff. Sending your questions, ask Nick at thevilefiles.com for all things texting office hours. Ask Nick mediation. You know the drill. Bye. Bye.